Anyone with a stout heart may venture into this world, and once there, they will find a noble cause, a lost way of life, and mysteries as old as time. This is the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Fullen. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Uh, this is a mag up on the COVID-19 vaccine lab Bunsen burner this time, delving into <laughs> Nintendo Power Issue 7. Uh, you can find the issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at. I'll drop that link in the show notes, as I always do. And please rate and review the podcast. And for the first time, we are going to go through a couple recent reviews that we have gotten for the pod because I think it's fun and uh, we're appreciative that people are leaving them. So the first one I wanted to do is from Lawrence73 on the Apple Podcast app. And the title of the review is Perfect Counterprogramming to the Madness, which is obviously very topical of him. <laughs> so he goes on to say, Lawrence goes on to say, last night I stayed up listening to you guys until five in the morning. Listening to you guys discuss the NES reminds me of sleepovers I had with my buds in the 80s when we'd stay up playing NES. Atari 2600 and ColecoVision uh, while discussing games we'd like to make and pouring over tips in the NES Player's Guide. I'm so glad that you guys are keeping on. Don't stop. At some point, I'd love to hear you guys talk about late NES game releases and the propensity for developers to use dark blues, purples, and greens in their graphics during that period. It's so specific. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously, there is a distinct visual aesthetic to the NES games released from 92 to 94, but that's a discussion for another day. I love your show. Stay healthy. Uh, so, yeah, man, you know, oh. thanks, Lawrence, obviously. That's a cool-ass and thoughtful message, to say the least. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, stirring up your own personal nostalgia via ours is absolutely one of the primary goals with this little endeavor. So I'm stoked to hear it landed as such with, with him, you know? Yeah, uh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and 92 is a ways off in our little timeline for the show, but that's such a specific claim. <laughs> that he's Yeah. Made. You know, that odds are pretty damn high. I'll remember this when we get there. And, you know, I would love to look at it through that lens because, I mean, yeah, to be honest, 92, 94 is probably pretty late. in the. well, it is not probably. It is absolutely very late in the NES timeline. And I'm almost certain that I either had moved on to Genesis by then or came very, you know, I was I was in the process of. So, I, you know, I, I'm not uh... entirely sure that I might have firsthand experienced even that little window 94 i mean that sounds so late 94 shit i'm in seventh grade yeah i am absolutely genesis genesis and my ass off by then so uh, uh see i was super nintendo at that point so i might have actually known that because for me yeah i was late with the nintendo and i think i got my super nintendo at like 92 so okay yeah that'd be interesting i'm pretty sure i'm gonna have to check it out now because now my brain is spinning <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like I mean, thinking it, through all the games you know it's a, yeah you know a lot of you, know, you see you know fucking i listen to so many podcasts and consume so much shit about video games uh because i'm a sick human being that you know <laughs> there's there's a million things that are just kind of recycled canned things that people talk about with these games uh so often and you know whatever can be said about that but like this is something i've never heard this and like <laughs> you know for it to be such a specific thing and such an overarching broad statement about such a large window of games is such an interesting right. thing to me that I'm, I'm very curious uh to to yeah look, look at it with that in mind so looking forward to getting there lawrence thanks for the review and yeah. the other one i wanted to do was 
uh, a new one from Bra Magul, B R H M A G O U L on Apple Pods. And the title of this one is A Nostalgia Must. Uh, a trip down memory lane with important life lessons about dodgeball. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> Which I, I love uh, it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm 99% sure this is a guy I went to high school with, actually. Matt <laughs> is his name. And he's referencing the story I told about Julia Boyd getting blasted in the face with a dodgeball in my fourth grade gym class. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Which is, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, a funny thing that... Um, for him to take away from from the pod, I think you know. Uh, anyways, it's it's a uh, a cool story about him. Uh, I wasn't close with him at all, but I do remember uh, Matt being really fucking into sports. I mean, he was like, I don't even know, you know, I dude, I was into sports as a kid. This dude was yeah. like fucking on it, man. High school sports, college sports, professional sports. This all this dude talked about. Uh, and he is actually now a local sports reporter for Cleveland.com. He covers nice. a lot. Yeah, he covers a lot of the area high school basketball and football games, uh, and I, th- I just think that's fucking awesome that he had that so early on. He had something he loved that much, and found a way to make his life structured around that life alignment. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. It's it's. Uh, I certainly was not able to do that. I had no fucking idea what the fuck I was doing <laughs> right. uh, when I was in fucking high school. You know. So that's impressive. Anyways, thanks for the review, Matt. Uh, that was cool of you as well. So if other listeners feel so inclined to leave one, you know, uh, we'll also read it on the pod if it fulfills one of three criteria. It's full of glowing praise. Its criticism is constructive. Or if it is not constructive, but I deem it funny by my cunty comedy standards. <laughs> so any of those three criteria, and we'll also read it in the future. So please do leave them. Now we'll move on to the uh, a newly retitled or renamed section, What We're Jamming On Now. What are you jamming on now, Jay? Oh, man. I mean, with these stay-at-home orders, I've downloaded so many freaking games, dude. <laughs> like, what am I not playing right now? Um, got up to some Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 because – I finally got the Black Ultimate Expansion Pass. Basically, Fantastic Four got added and a bunch of other characters, so played that. That's Definitely the fight, some... The fighting beat-em-up thing that you talked about before? Yeah, man. Four players. It's pretty fun. I can play with the kids, too. And then uh, Call of Duty Warzone, that freaking Battle Royale version. Loving that. And then NBA 2K20, man. I just got into that, and I've just been sucked in. It's amazing. Have you played it? Uh, I have not. I, have the, uh, I, haven't, I haven't bought a sports game. I think I have Madden 2018, maybe. Since back in the Harlem my days or what? <laughs> uh, well, not that long ago. 2018, I, that was not quite, uh, that was quite <laughs> no. a, a bit after 2018, or a bit before, rather, 2018. But yeah, it's been a while, dude. I can't, the fucking, I just can't, they just, I don't know. Ah, oh, it's so I fun, man. fucking do them. Yeah. Um, I think you would love it. Uh, I probably, I don't know, man. It's Madden in particular. It's so easy to get into. Madden in particular fucking sucks anymore. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Uh, I I haven't played the fucking I haven't played a basketball one. I think the last basketball one I had dude was like two K thirteen or some shit on my on my. Might have been even my Nintendo. <laughs> my Nintendo. Really? Was, yeah, I think that might have been the last basketball game I picked up. Yeah, dude, I don't play the sports games. They they don't do it for me anymore, man. I'd I'd rather play. Uh, if I'm playing basketball, I'd rather play NBA Live '96. And if I'm playing football, I'd rather play Tecmo Super Bowl. With the new rosters on that ROM that I told you, no, that <laughs> nice. is not a joke, dude. I think it, the experience is exponentially better. They don't try to charge Ooh. me a stupid ass amount of money for something that's going to be obsolete <laughs> in three months. Uh, and true, I just, true. yeah, I just don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, word anything, anything else or 
And then, of course, getting in the freaking Animal Crossing. I mean, you guys did. <laughs> I just told you, like, I was just walking into my second room for the first time. Like, oh, okay, I got too much stuff. I need, I got barbells now. Like, I got to expand. Freaking game. It's like, so sucks funny. You in. It's, it's, yeah, it's so funny. It's funny, too. There's another game I'll get into when I start talking about my shit. Uh, it's funny how your virtual world can mean so- Like, I want to say that I care more about how my Animal Crossing house looks than I care about how my actual living environment looks <laughs> <laughs> you and courtney as well yeah she's the exact same way like super super specific like, it's impressive though like yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah dude well yeah i mean fuck dude I, I visited her her island yesterday uh at like you know it's again just adorable that like you again you just care and like dude i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure you've seen her her fucking island it's insane oh, yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> The, the amount of development, the amount of time, like, because I know oh, I, I play the game a lot too. I know how much work it is. I know how much time I put into it to get to where I'm at in the yeah. in the narrative development in the game of like kind of building out your island and and working with Tom Nook, the little overseer on the logistics, uh, the bridges, the other things that get built, to the kind of infrastructure of the island. I know how much time goes into that, and oh, I yeah. and, and I know that she started her game after I started mine. <laughs> So how far she is, every time I see your island, I just I am just dying laughing at it because I know how much time has been spent uh in 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 game doing that, dealing with all that stuff. It's so funny. Uh, oh, yeah. Super, yeah, super, super I, I'm, I'm incredibly envious of her island. Uh but I, I, I can't I, I cannot I just you know, I'm I, I spend a lot of time tinkering with my house, but I can't get into maybe I'm just a selfish uh, video game player. I don't I I can't get into the idea of spending that amount of time to develop the entire island's infrastructure. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, were were you like in the Sims back in the day? Because she totally was. So like yeah, Sim City I, I, and all that. That was I her played, jam. I played the original Sims. I had yeah, I had the original Sims. I remember I had a hacked version of it on my IBM. ThinkPad, my freshman year of college. So yeah, I was playing Sims when it first hit for sure, and I, you know, I loved okay. it. And, and I, I mean, I do, I like Sandbox. I mean, clearly, I mean, I, I was, I was fired up for this. I couldn't wait for it to come out, and and I love uh, a lot of it. But there, yeah, I mean, you can let it, you can go too far. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's good. That's like all the topics we talk about. She's like, all right, so I did this. You got to ch- come check out my path. I'm like, wait, you got sidewalks and stuff now? Like, look at this. Like, I fucking sidewalks. I don't, even, I don't even know how to do it. I don't even know how to do that yet. <laughs> I'm sure it's uh, something that Tom Nook assigns you at some point once you get yeah. through. Like, I haven't even let – I was putting off – we were all talking about this in the group chat yeah, uh, a couple of days ago. Like, we were, the you know part of the way it works is you have Tom Nook uh he has you build a campground because like you you, may, you get your first villagers by going to, you visit other islands in the game you can use the airport and fly to other islands and then you uh you meet uh, other visitors on those foreign islands and you talk to them and then you tell them about your island and they go oh fuck i was looking to move and then they move you and that's i think your first three town inhabitants are though that's how you accumulate them and then yeah. after that at least i'm guessing you tom nook asked you to build a campground you build this campground and then the people come people that you don't know that you've never met to stay at the campground and you meet yeah, them yeah. and then he has asked me to have this fucking like build this dude a house basically that is staying at the campground and the, the guy staying at my campground was this little fascist german prick he was like he's got he looks like Adolf Hitler. <laughs> he looks like Adolf fucking Hitler. he doesn't have the mustache but he like he looks like extremely german uh socialite you know <laughs> Uh, old school German socialite is what he looks like, and he's just a prick. I don't like him, and I don't want him. To- 
I don't want to move to the town, but so like you know, you every time you go over to the Tom Nook house, he's like, "Oh, go build that dude a house," and it's like, "Man, fuck you, Tom, I'm busy," you know. Uh, <laughs> and I was just hoping that the, the dude would just Get go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was hoping the dude would just go away and someone else would come, and then I, you know, I, I could see the flowchart in front of me, I, you know, and then I could I could build the house for that person and have them move. But dude, it's been like a week and a half, and this dude is just loitering over there. He will not get the fuck <laughs> I out of the camera. <laughs> so like, because Courtney mentioned when we were in the group chat that she had someone that was doing something similar, and that she well she she brought it up by saying because you can talk to Isabel is like the other person working at the town hall with Tom, uh, his his right hand woman, and. She, she like you can see in her little option set, her little conversation option set that you can bitch about townspeople. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, she's into that. Yeah, I'm guessing you can eventually get them. You can petition to have them kicked out of town, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, like, she was talking about wanting to do that with someone that had moved into hers, and I was like, oh, I guess you know, I guess maybe I'll just do that. I'll just bite the bullet and let this prick move in and then kick him out. <laughs> so, like, just, <laughs> just yesterday, I went over and talked to Tom. I was like, all right, give me the fucking duffel bag. I'll go build the prick's house, and he can move in. And once he's in, I can start trying to get him kicked out. So, like, it's yeah, just uh, <laughs> animal drama. <laughs> yeah, the politics, the Animal Crossing politics is hilarious. Uh, Anyhow, so yeah, it's just, that's just one tangent about it. But yeah, you uh, the, it's been two weeks here, so we've you know it's kind of when we were first get last when we recorded last, we were just getting started. So now you know, we talked about it, and then you and Courtney both visited the island for the first time, uh, and it was it was it's just I don't know it's mm-hmm. funny like little, other little dumb things that happened like you know Courtney's running around and she sees I had just gotten an ant farm and it's like a, a cool little just a little sprite that you can get and put in your house it's just decoration it doesn't even have an action like so many of the decorations will have like a little action you can do like mm-hmm. I can play I can play my drum set and it's fucking it's cool I can like play my drum set along with uh, I'm I'm absolutely infatuated with buying the MP3s for my music players so I have a million songs to choose from so really. <laughs> What? I go to the the ATM and buy whatever song as long as I don't have it obviously I buy whatever song is available and it gets delivered the next day so yeah I have dude I have like 20 songs already uh, that is crazy <laughs> yeah. so yeah I can sit and like play my drum set kind of pretty much in tune with the song that I have playing on my on my stereo <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, so some of the items can ha- have like a little thing you can do with them, and that makes them more interesting. Like the the ant farm doesn't even have that. It's just you, can, you just look at it. You can see the ants moving around in it up close, but it doesn't do anything. Uh, so it's not even, you know it just looks cool. It's not even that interesting of an of an item to decorate with because it doesn't have an action. But uh, she sees this and she mentions that she has a sea monkey tank that she just got, and I'm like, oh my <laughs> fucking god, I want a fucking tank. <laughs> so like i'm like oh my like, oh my god send it to me so like uh she's like oh, i you know I, I don't have the blueprint for it I just have the item i'm like oh, i was so bummed out and then she gets home and she decided to uh out of kindness i'm assuming just send it i'm assuming she didn't get another one she just sent me uh the the, the sea monkey tank because of my response so <laughs> so uh you know she sends that via letter through the internet but you can send emails to other towns even once you've met people and their friends so she sends oh, yeah. it in, in a letter and then in response, when, when she was at my town, I saw her running around in my apartment and she was fucking with, again, because some, some of the items have actions. You can interact with them. And she was playing with my rice maker. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rice maker? <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I saw her doing that. And because she sent me the sea monkey tank, I didn't have another rice maker either. And I liked it. But I was like, ah, I, saw her, I saw her playing with that. She must like it. So I sent her the, the, the uh, rice maker uh, as a thank you for the sea monkey tank, you know. Uh, so it's just, yeah, just the amount of, I don't know, it's just such, it's it, like it, it, the exact script I gave you last time. It's so dumb. It should be so 
not fun, but it is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell by the amount of time that Courtney is just like spent talking about this game. I'm like, wow, I, I just I did not expect it to be that fun. I, I really <laughs> didn't. It doesn't make any sense, but there you go. It is somehow that fun. Yeah. Uh, what <laughs> what else are you jamming on, Josh? <laughs> well, before we even get off that, I didn't. One thing that I thought was worth talking about. Like, so when you first came over, we were like. It was like the middle of the day, and I'm assuming you had work to do, and I was also working. So like you wanted to come over, and I was like, I had I was already done playing, so I was just I just let you come over and mm-hmm. kind of set the control. We fucked around a little bit, but then I set the controller down and left left it open because if you you know if if you don't have your game on, someone can't come to your town. So you were over, and I was like, I need to get shit done. So I was doing shit and just let you fuck around. I think maybe even you had to do something else too. And we were both just standing in my town without playing the game, which is funny in in itself. <laughs> but but. I let's let it go and I forgot about it. And then I, it, my system just eventually shut off because it does that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when it did, it did that without saving because, you know, when you, when you leave for someone's town or someone comes over the game oh, saves, yeah. and, and, it, and, and, and it doesn't save again until the person leaves or you in the, in the session, you know? So mm-hmm. the thing just shut off and didn't save. And I had done shit. Before you got to town, I had found I had caught this fish. I had done a few other things, and when I fired it back up, the shit I had done before you got there had been deleted, which I haven't seen it. You know, I've seen it, everything. It's never done that yet. It, it had tracked everything I had done real time up to that mm-hmm. point. So like, I I thought I was like, oh, that kind of fucking sucks that it doesn't. You know, uh, I was so uh, you know it's just, it was meaningless shit that it wasn't like I accomplished some incredibly profound thing <laughs> before you got to yeah. town. It was just like little dumb shit that I had done, little chore type stuff. I was like, oh, what a pain in the ass. So that's one negative to the host hosting and going to other towns. Uh, but obviously, if you know that and, and accommodate uh, the problem, it doesn't happen to you. But just, I guess, I guess it's a warning to players out there. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, let your, don't let your visiting session end without saving because you will lose whatever both of you did. So... Anyways, yes, I am jamming on other stuff, Jay, besides Animal Crossing, surprisingly. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, finally, I, I, don't, I can't even know, I can't remember, I think it was because I've been listening to the Satari pod a lot, that's probably what it was, it wasn't that he had an episode on it, but I just was thinking about the 2600, and how significant of a game it is for the system, but the game Adventure, do you remember that for Atari? Adventure? That, it sounds familiar. I'm gonna have to it's, look it up, dude. It's the first. It's basically the first RPG ever made. Uh, you Whoa. Know, of course, at an incredibly rudimentary, rudimentary level, but it is. It's it's the first game to ever have an Easter egg. You know, the programmer hid his name in the game and and, and some really cryptic way. Uh, it's oh kind of yeah. Like, fuck you to to the Atari bigwigs that wouldn't let you personalize the games in any way or anything. So whatever. It's it's got it's got a ton of uh, significance and history. To it, blah 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 blah. I had never played it before. I had not not in any. I, I probably popped it in a system, find it somewhere before, or had fired up the ROM once or twice or something. But I never really got into it. So like, I had it on my to do list. To like, I gotta fucking play this game. It's such an important part of game video game history. I gotta see what see what all the hubbub's about. So uh, I had actually on my last video game store run, I mentioned I bought the cart, so I had the the original version. I didn't, didn't have to fire up the ROM emulator to do it. So but I put you know I I popped the cart in and did it and actually. The thing is, it's so all these old Nintendo or uh, Atari games, rather, like a lot of the ones like ETE is, is this way, right? Raiders of the Last Ark, they have the sword quests, they have this, I don't know, thing about that. Like people say that they're, you know, they're maybe not such great games, blah, 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 blah. Oh. And the reason for that, I think, mostly is because they 
rec- you have to read the instruction book. Like you cannot interpret what you're supposed to do by just pop- popping the game in and going. And I think most people's expectation with an Atari 2600 cart is that they can do that. You know what I mean? So people, uh, yeah. Try, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, people try this game, these games, and they and they can't figure them the fuck out, and they don't understand what's happening because it requires a heightened level of understanding that they could not build into the UI of a fucking game in 1984. You know what I mean? This didn't the technology wasn't there to do it. You got to like use your imagination and know what these commands and graphics, etc. True, are. but ET, I think we can all agree, was emphatically Dude, terrible. I, I there think was no. Uh, no dude, redeeming I, I, factors of ET. I, that game was the worst. I don't think that's true, dude. There's a lot of what? there's a lot of, oh. concept, there's a lot of culture video game writing out there that Ooh. suggests exactly what I'm saying. That the game, and I'm not saying it's a great game. And you know, I mean, Howard, the, the the programmer will say, I mean, he's gotten way more shit than I think he deserves. He had to make the game in fucking less than a month, which is insane. True, that is true. There's all these real world reasons why he's not, you know, it, it shouldn't even be viewed as negatively as it is because of the constraints that were on the development process. But even that aside, the game is not as bad as people say. If you understand what the fuck you're doing, like people bitch about falling into those holes and not knowing what the thing that comes, the, the, the people coming in capturing you like not even knowing what that like can't figure it out but it's because you've got to read the instruction book and know what those things mean if you know what the things mean the game is playable it's still hard and it's not great but it is playable like people talk about it like it's a fucking dumpster fire <laughs> that you can't even begin to 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 interact with or interface with you know what i mean and it's nowhere near that bad but uh, that's a i definitely did not have the instruction booklet. I can see <laughs> You'll see. That's, that's the problem. So. Like, well, I knew that I would need to read the instruction booklet in order to enter this game in the right way. And it's only eight pages. The, they, the instruction booklet for uh, fucking adventure is eight pages. Uh, and I'm sure, I don't know what the ET one is offhand, but I bet it's like fucking 11. <laughs> you know and, and, and they are not dense pages. It's, you know, you can get through it uh, with very little time and effort to, to get a better understanding of the game. I knew I would need that. I did so. And I and honestly, dude, I played on the easy level and it was pretty fucking cool, man. Like, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I was once I knew what I was doing, I was absolutely engaged and I died wow. a few times and I didn't even know because the thing is, it one of the I had heard it kind of danced around when, when the game was talked about uh, on whatever, you know, podcasts and shit. But it's the first game that is a continue feature. And it's not, you know, again, it's like a cryptically employed cr- continue feature it doesn't say do you want to continue click yes or no it's not like that but Mm. when you die in the game the dragons will fucking eat you and you you know you die if you just hit the reset button it doesn't start the game over it you start at the beginning but you have all the shit and the things you've accomplished in the game and you've moved around these pieces the chalice the sword the keys whatever it is those pieces that whatever you wherever you've moved them and left them they're there in the Mm. game so it which is kind of amazing to me that the Atari 2600 can keep that stored in RAM after while the reset button is hit. Like, I kind of find that amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't uh, think that possible. Exactly. So, you know, I was kind of impressed by that. But I, even the fact that, like, I died and I didn't just shut it off, I was like, no, I want to do that again, uh, is enough to, I think, demonstrate that I was invested. You know what I mean? So, hmm. uh, yeah, I just, you know, I developed, there's a, yeah, you, so the, the whole point of the game is there's three castles. Uh, you have to, maybe there's only two on the easy level, I think. And there's a few dragons protecting them and you gotta, like, you can only pick up one item at a time. That's kind of the, the, the economy of the game is that you don't, you aren't able to pick up the thing you're trying to take from one place to another and a a, a sword to defend yourself at the same time. So you got to kind of devise ways to, 
either kill the things or get past the things while still keeping the sword in range to defend yourself when you have no other choice. It's like a, it's like a it's it's a very um, resource management fueled puzzle. You know what I mean? It looks so, so weird and random to me, just like looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it, that's that's exactly like what it is. So obtuse looking that, and that's part of why. I mean, dude. I mean, I love RPGs. I love adventure games. I love narratively deep games and 2600 is something i love a great deal and have a ton of fondness for and you know the fact that i've spent i mean this early 80s dude it's i mean 40 years later almost my entire life i have spent not playing this game yet is kind of astonishing to me (laughs) but it was because it was so opaque seemingly you know the the being able to enjoy it so uh i think anyways i mean i haven't fucking delved into the deeply into the psychology of why i might not have played it yet but i'm sure that's part of it and uh it's it's not that bad yeah i mean i i developed this tactic where i would like yeah keep the sword like i would like go a screen with once you find the chalice the point is to take it back to the first castle and like you know go go a screen or a half a screen and then run back and grab the sword and put it next to you and see if anything's going to happen you know i had to devise yeah a a way to to still be able to protect myself while taking the thing back you know and it was it was kind of cool um, I wish I'd have had it as a kid and, uh, you know, and I think I might've been into it if I would have done all that as a kid too. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm sad that I don't have probably the nostalgia I'd have for it had I done that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Nice. Yep. So that was, that was one retro thing. Uh, I also, I ordered, I posted, I, you probably saw the shit on the socials, but I, I, I ordered a few things, uh, late night fucking, uh, <laughs> late night, uh, bartering on eBay with people for, for, old video games by order jungle hunt and yars revenge on the vcs uh which were both childhood reclamation project titles um yeah, jungle hunt in particular like that's i think it's a great have you do you have, do you are are you able to do you did you have that game i guess jungle hunt it, it sounds familiar i'm gonna look it up it's i mean it was on every system it was an arcade game that got ported everywhere so i there's zero chance oh absolutely yeah absolutely. you played it for sure whether of or not course. the 2600 version specifically is, is that one you might have had it on 5200 or something but uh or 7800 whatever it might have been but the 2600 version of it is actually very good i think it's i think it's a great port of the game it plays really well and dude i fired that fucker up and i was able to beat it the oh, first yeah. time i was so pleased uh it is not <laughs> the the two uh, and I love the music for that part too. The end of the game where you have to jump over the cannibals that are hopping back and forth is not. Oh, yeah. And neither is the rock part easy either. You have to like all the parts. I mean, the, you know, the other than the ro- the the swinging vine beginning, uh, there, there's tricks of the trade that you have to master to get through any of those. Like the the alligator part where you're swimming through the water, you mm-hmm. have to like learn to fire because you have a knife to defend yourself with. But you can only hit those out. You can't hit them straight on. You have to come up from beneath them. And hit and, and hit the button at just the right time, or you die and you know immediately on the uh, on the alligator. So you got to like either avoid them, and that's kind of a pain in the ass, or learn that very risky trick of hitting the button at the exact moment necessary to kill them. So that's not easy. The rocks thing is not easy because those alternate between bouncing high and rolling low. And the bouncing ones, you got to like learn to position yourself at the exact part where you can kneel down enough to have it not crush you. And then, yeah, the cannibals are hard as fuck. They jump back and forth. You got to time that perfectly to get over those. So, um, Yeah, swinging vine part was, was always so fun. I just remember that as like a distinctly new kind of mechanic back then sure, as a kid. Sure. And yeah, and I, I think, you know, Pitfall gets all this acclaim for having that mechanic in it and it playing well. I think, yeah, I think the the scrolling, parallax scrolling, no less, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of of the Vine portion of Jungle Hunt is even better, you know. But yeah, it's yeah. great. Great fucking game. So I got that beat on the first try, which was fucking awesome. And I also got 
uh, Spider-Man on Genesis, the first one. Uh, Maximum oh. Carnage is another good one. That, that oh Jack yeah, definitely very good. You one. played you played Venom and actually I think you might have played Venom and Spider-Man and Carnage at one point even. Yeah, but, that game was a classic. Yeah, man. Really good, and and that's actually it, that's a game that does not get it kind of gets shit on, and I don't understand why because I think it's very good. What? Sp- no. Yeah, the, yeah, the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man is really cool, dude. It's hard as fuck, but. It it has this thing in it where you you know you're Peter Parker you're the reporter and like part of the way you fund your Spider Manning your your web shit that you that is your economy in the game uh, is taking pictures like you have you have a, you have a limited number of photographs you can take in each level and uh-huh. the photo like the idea is you're photographing the enemies to prove that they are the reason all this bad shit's happening and not you because the beginning of the game kingpin is trying to frame you for what so yeah setting this bomb so like part of your objective in the game is to clear your name publicly and the way you do that is as peter parker you take these pictures or you you know as spider-man but then you as peter parker turn them into the dickhead at the, the newspaper and those clear your name but you also get paid for them like you get money that allows you to buy the web shit with uh that you need to kill these fucking assholes <laughs> in the game you know huh. so like you know the the boss is obviously doc octrock is the first boss is worth a bunch of money uh and then the the grunts and the, and the levels are worth less but uh, this is genesis right yep yep and yeah it's it's jab oh, actually had yeah. it so he, had, he had the card and, and it was a game. i just a very good game and I, I think i got it for like fucking I haggled it down to like it was like listed at thirteen. I haggled it down to like nine or some shit like that. Or nice. Uh, it was just so funny that like I four dollars. Like I'm spending eleven thirty at nights in my in my living room debating a four dollar uh, price differential with some dude via eBay is just pathetic and hilarious. But I <laughs> got uh, I got that and then Solar Gemini NES too, which would be I could fucking spend. That's a game we'll talk about soon probably, and I'm not going to waste too much time on it now. This is already a long segment, but great right, fucking right. game. Jab also had it a really, really fucking fun space exploration game. Um, nice. Yes, got all those, and then I played another D and D one shot on Roll Twenty. It was really fucking cool. Um, so much. It was so good actually that we have started a campaign and are playing another game. This uh, we actually we played. It took two nights playing this week, and then we two nights to play one game. Yeah, dude. I'm, dude, we've already Whoa. put in. We barely have scratched the surface on the dungeon itself. We played like five hours the one night just to like come out because we, we we stopped the last thing like right when we kind of finished down in the dungeon still we hadn't been come out of the dungeon so like we stopped that the dm's like I, you know this went really well the other two players were like yeah this is great all three of us all four of us whether we decided we were going to pick it back up and continue the campaign and continue as a campaign uh but he had nothing planned at the time so he's like let me like develop a story coming out of this and then a new adventure uh to to put after it and then we'll reconvene and start you know start right where we're leaving off here so the yeah we we spent like five hours the uh, maybe like tuesday night i think coming out of the dungeon and, and like kind of winding down with the people that had in quote sent us on that adventure in, 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 a, in a nearby town and then also kind of learning about what the next thing would be and then, and wednesday night i think we spent six hours just like getting you know, finishing that shit up, getting our heads wrapped around with what we had to do, and then starting the adventure to the 
the next dungeon of sorts and get into it. And then we're yeah, and then we're we are we are we're planning to uh pick up next week the actual, you know, where we're, we just kind of like I said, just got into the dungeon and like just kind of getting our feet wet in there. So yeah, dude, it's it's an incredibly time consuming thing, but really fun. And like and my big thing was I was mentioning this is a text based text based game too, by the way. It's you know it doesn't have those audio video. Wow. So yeah, I mean it's it's just it's if you find the right group of people and we have a really cool fun dynamic uh, in it that um, is really working. It's you know it's 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 really super fun, man. Really, I can't say how cool it is enough. But <laughs> that's like yeah, intriguing and impressive at the same time. But I but I don't want to even read up on it because I don't want to get sucked in. Like I, I have t- too much. Too many. Yeah, guns dude, I, I, I can't it, do it. It's it not as it, it does. It's the startup expense. And I mean that from a time and effort perspective, not not uh-huh. monetary, uh, is not as great as it seems. And I, I already said like that was my whole thing. Like I thought the startup, the emotional startup costs of it was much higher than it turned out to be. Uh, you know, you can get in there and and just figure it out as you go to some degree, as long as you put in some time to understand the the basic infrastructure of of that online platform. Uh, it's not right. as bad as you think to, to figure it out, um, but it is time consuming. Uh, for sure, you know, in the long run. But yeah, I mean, I like as far as like the dynamic thing goes. Like, so I, I picked this. The character I'm really getting into is this Tiefling Ranger. Tiefling is kind of like a, I don't know, they're kind of like an underworld humanoid derivative, kind of human esque, but they uh, they're a very oppressed race. They like in in you know year hundreds of years prior, their race did some terrible thing. And has this stigma attached to it that has carried on through time where other races and cultures don't respond to them very well, you know, so so you're you're constantly overcoming this like aversion of opinion uh, or aversion of of, of an interest in, you know, it's it's, it's a weird dynamic of of a race. And then I I picked Ranger as the class. So those are kind of like these, you know, they're like survivalist live off the land kind of uh, uh, somewhat loner minded mining classes. And they have this subset of them that are called beast masters. And they, they basically, they're able to tame and create an ally in a wild beast. So they, nice. I, I picked a giant badger as, as my, as my companion and honey badger. I, let's go. Well, dude, it's, it's funny. That's it, <laughs> I, I swear to God, I didn't think of that when I was making the choice. I was just, I was just, I was, <laughs> come like, on. I was looking at the list and I was like, I just liked the way the badger looked. I liked kind of what its features were. Uh, and I was like, cool, I'll pick that. And then I like, yeah, I mean, we got into the game and not long after playing the game and kind of getting going, that came into the kind of the zeitgeist of our, of our, of our game. And, uh, <laughs> it turned into, he is the, I named him trifling is his name. <laughs> and, trifling honey badger. Trifling, trifling honey, the, the, the giant badger. And it's like, he is like the group mascot, dude. It's hilarious. Like everyone, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just like this constant source of comedy in the role playing that this badger. And he is, he's a fucking badass dude. He like kicks things ass. He is a badass. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's just like, you know, and shit happens to him. And like, honey Badger doesn't give a shit about that. Like, something will attack him. I'm like, oh, yeah, honey Badger doesn't give a shit about that thing attacking him right now. It's just, yeah, it just it, it added like a whole layer of role playing that I did not anticipate that has right. been a blast uh, in, in the game itself, you know, so. Uh, yeah, I have him like when he, you know, like, just as the thing, like, he, 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 I developed this thing where when he kills something, as long as the surrounding danger permits it, he defecates on them. <laughs> So like, and I have this, I have this thing. He taunts. Oh. 
kind of almost like a prairie dog taunt where he stands up on his hind legs when he does when he when he's when he's trying to taunt something and i call it the geni- the genitalia taunt <laughs> yeah he stands up and flashes his genitalia to whatever he is about to enter battle with it's just, yeah just like a, a bunch of this really dumb fun things and yeah, it's just a perfect example of what i said about the there are no limits you know it's just a uh, it's just, there's no bounds to the gameplay. It's just, you know, fucking you can do whatever you want as long as it fits into the Dungeon Master's shit, and it's just so much fun, man. Oh, um, man. Nice. <laughs> well, okay, so the, the only other thing I want to talk about in this incredibly long fucking opening segment is, and this is the, the big thing I'm playing now, Jay, do you know what Subnautica is? Subnautica? Wait a minute. I don't... Why, why does that sound familiar? Probably because it's a fucking incredible game <laughs> and, and people talking about it okay dude so jab has been raving about this game for uh, well over a year and it i, oh. I don't even I, I looked at it i think because he would dude he was fucking just beating the drum about it man and i'm like ah i was like it's first of all it was not on switch and i was like i'm kind of only trying to buy switch games now if it's not vr because i want to be able to have a portable you know and mm. i just switch interface more so it wasn't available on switch so that was part of the thing and i think it was pretty expensive i want to say I don't even, i'm not even sure what it was but it was more than i wanted to spend and then like i was running out of shit to do and uh it popped into my head for some reason last week the and and i checked it out on, on the psn network and i saw it for 30 bucks and i was like okay that's cheap enough i'll do it and then like it's just the perfect storm of being bored enough and this fucking quarantine shit and the price like perfect storm download it okay jay this fucking what game oh my god dude it's fucking <laughs> off the fucking charts dude it is so fucking good okay so table setting, table setting shit so okay it's the future you are in deep space on this massive fucking uh spaceship and Okay. The the spa- you're, it's like a commercial. There's like there's it does a really good job of like it's this commercial it, it, of this like capitalistic kind of monetization of space at this point in time, and like you work for this kind of mega corporation that is, you know, it's not portrayed as evil, but it's like a very money grubbing corporation that's trying to monopolize the. They're called phase gates. Uh, I haven't got far enough in the game to really know what that means, but it kind of seems just seems like a teleportation thing that you know allows you to get around deep space in an expedient way. And they are trying to monopolize the market on this form of travel to some degree. So you're out on a mission to propagate that agenda, and your spaceship crashes on an alien planet, and you start the game, and you are in a small escape pod. The planet is seemingly entirely covered by water. Mm. You know, you know nothing. There's no fucking tutorial. The escape, co- the escape pod can function as kind of like a habitat from which to operate from, at least for the time being. But you're told nothing else, dude. And it's just like, like, <laughs> dude, no tutorial, no fucking press this, check out this. This is how you do this. None of that shit, dude. It's just like. Figured out, fuckface. Water, air, food. Oh. <laughs> it's just like, really? it's like, yeah, it's just like fucking go, man. Like, you know, you you are in a fucked situation. Survive, <laughs> survive, dude. And that's you know, it's so right. It's so appropriate for what the game is. But so square one is just the basic shit. Like, how do I eat here? I have no idea. How do I get fresh water? I have no fucking clue. There, you know, there's like, there's a, there's a, there's a little bit. There's, there's a very scant amount of emergency supplies on the pod to hold you over to just like kind of yeah figure out the ui and like whatever but you basically have to just drop into the unknown water and figure out what you can what you can and can't catch to accomplish nutritional goals so that's like you know oh and don't die by the way you know like you know like you have to breathe you have to eat you have to drink water uh at least you, you can choose there's different 
difficulty levels, of course, and the they call it survival mode, which is basically normal. Uh, you can play it on an easier level where you don't have to worry about food and water, but I think that's a terrible decision. Don't do oh. that. Uh, so, but yeah, you don't. You, know, you have to breathe, so like you can only, you know, you fucking you're a human being. You can only go so deep. Uh, so once you have your head around that, just like the basic shit, you can turn your attention to gathering technology from the surrounding wreckage and just local resources that you can implement to build things to better your situation and maybe even someday get the fuck off this planet. Uh, there's a radio that's in the pod that is kind of it, it, you can't send outgoing messages it's fucked up uh but you do get uh occasional incoming things that you know sometimes they're like other rescue pods that are putting out uh, a distress signal that'll like give you the location so you can go and find another wreckage or something you know uh or other kind of things that are it, it's kind of how the story drives itself because you're alone you don't there's no you don't interact with any human beings uh that you're just alone so it that's how the story gets driven forward and on top of everything i just said and like how fucking i think great that plays it is also absolutely fucking terrifying jay <laughs> really it, yeah there's, there's a full day night cycle so you know i mean you especially in the beginning you don't need lights like you were just in open fucking water a, a, an exposed human being with God knows what the fuck down below you, and like I'm terrified by the ocean already as a human being. So oh like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's my thing at all, man. I, Jay, I won't go. I've lived in, I've lived in LA for over two years. I have been ankle deep in the ocean two times, and I haven't even thought about going further. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just have no desire to swim in the ocean. Like it's absolutely terrifying to me. Uh, so yes, it it weighs heavily heavily on me, anyways. But I think even without that existing personal condition i think this game would be absolutely terrifying like it is complete and total unknown and the world is so well built out dude and i can't stop playing it dude it's like it's fucking up my real life productivity i'm not writing as much (laughs) uh it's fucking up my animal crossing productivity i only jump on (laughs) i only only jump on and do like the most you know basic of things to keep shit going uh before i fire up subnautica it is absolute dude it's oh my god it is so fucking good uh and i i get it and this is only on playstation no it's on xbox too but uh it's 30 bucks on 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 playstation right now so or it was the other day anyways so Hmm. um i imagine i'll have to go check it out man always up for a good good recommendation dude Dude, oh my god it's and it's i i'm like really getting into it too i've made some headway and like oh where it goes and just the story it's just so fucking good it's so the detail (laughs) the detail is incredible The, the 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 native uh, the, 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 the native life forms in the water, like behave so interestingly, like there's this one type of fish you know, kind of dangerous if you're, if you're, uh, not in some sort of submersible to protect yourself or some, you know, some sort of protective measure. And the, they, you, you, you can get there's there's a way to get these these camera drone things uh, at one point that allow you to kind of like, you know, remotely send a recon, a recon unit out into the thing to find shit uh, and not put yourself at risk. And nice. it's just, you know, it's just like a little a tiny little ball that you can send out from from this thing. You can you, it, it has a whole this kind of goes back to our Animal Crossing thing, too. I guess I should mention this. There's like a, a habitat building 
arm to this game where you can uh. make a house underwater basically and you know i just found i just did some really narratively big thing uh yesterday that allowed me to get a bunch of like little personal effects and like i up, up to this point i had been living into what is just amounted to like kind of a sterile laboratory environment but this allowed me to get some personal effect things so now i have like posters up on the wall and shit it's pretty fucking wild but mm. Anyways, you can send, you can get this room for that habitat that allows you to send these things out, these drones. And this particular type of fish is absolutely infatuated with the drones, dude. It will, so it will, you're out with the drone. And if you get near one of these things, they will fucking swim and like grab it and try to take it back <laughs> and take it back to their nest. And it's like, I don't know, they think it's an egg or I, I don't know. And like they're fish, they don't tell you, but they have, <laughs> they, they interact with the environment. Like, that's just, like, a thing that that's you got to deal with. And, like, your drones will get – I mean, you know, and, like, they take it back to the – it doesn't kill the thing or, or destroy it. Uh, it takes a little bit of, of damage that you can repair. But, you know, you – whatever you're doing, because, like, the big thing, you'll take them and, like, leave them somewhere, and they have a beacon in them so you can go to where it is. So if you find something, you take yourself your own fucking ass out there and get the thing that you found with it. Uh, but these fish will come and grab the fucking thing and take it. So then you don't know where the fucking thing <laughs> you're trying to find it. You know, so it's like, you know, and then they put it in their nest and then you can you can go back to your habitat and take control of it and swim back out of their nest and like try to, you know, get out of there. Uh, so it's not Whoa. like it's permanently lost when that happens, but it's just like a, a dumb little nuisance thing. That is a behavior that this one type of fish will do in the game. And it's fucking it's like just so well done, you know, like that there are these behaviorisms for NPC aquatic life that you know supposedly unintelligent life like so many games it's just like a thing that just moves around in the background you don't even notice you know but like it does such a good job of world building that it has that really minute thing and there's there's a lot of shit like that that is just the amount of detail and the amount of effort put into the game is just glaringly apparent dude it's so fucking good nice, um, man. and that is yeah. that is this week's sponsored content from whoever the fuck made subnautica <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's take our ass into nintendo power number seven finally And that was the Bad Dudes Stage 2 theme song. Brought to you by my man G Blair, man. That dude has some cuts. <laughs> yeah, YouTube, yeah, talk about spending time out of your life doing something that maybe isn't that beneficial to your to your overall whatever. Uh, that guy. <laughs> that guy has archived the shit out of the NES library. <laughs> <laughs> on, on YouTube for sure, yeah. Much um, respect yeah, though. Yeah, but yeah, thank you, G Blair. Our, our music hunting fucking capability would be drastically hindered without him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. Yeah, okay, so we're in Nintendo Power 7 here, and Nintendo's a day late and a dollar short, for, for us anyways. The cover feature this month is Mega Man 2, which we already did at Game Up uh, on a few back, and uh, I don't even know why we're you know bothering to talk about it here, actually, given that fact. <laughs> yep. I, I was just like, oh, great, there it is. At least he's wearing the Heat Man suit. Moving <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, so it's, uh, the magazine is still 350 450 in Canada, and that little thing looking at uh, made me think about I've wondered this. I had wondered this ever since I was a kid. How can they just make that a blanket extra dollar? Like, how? 
you know, the 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 exchange rates are a constantly fluctuating thing. I mean, <laughs> it's, like, it's by the second nowadays. I mean, in '89, say shit maybe moves a little slower. Say daily it changes, uh, but still, like you, how the fuck do they just say, "Whoop, dollar more"? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> always wonder that. So I started googling why the fuck that is. And do you have any idea what this is? What this stems from, Jay? Man, I don't know. I, I feel like it has something to do with some kind of yeah. What's your interest guess? rate arbi- arbitrage that could happen, <laughs> you know, with the timing of the shipments. I don't know. Uh, that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I found a 2013 Yahoo Finance article that explained uh-huh. it as having a number of factors. Exchange rates are usually in the U.S.'s favor, though not always. So that's, you know, part of it. I mean, that's kind of that's your base expectation, I think, most people's anyways, that, you know, it's just the Canadian dollar isn't worth what the U.S. dollar is. So it's covering those that difference, you know. So sure. OK. But uh, since the sure. 90s, there has been the, the real thing is since the 90s, there's been a 10 percent import tariff of sorts that is a function of their Copyright Act. So, you know, there is there, you know, kind of it's a little bit complicated, so I don't want to sit and try to explain it because I didn't fully grasp it. But the idea is that basically there are costs associated with bringing something into the country of a literary nature because this applies to books, to not just magazines that uh, is part of their Copyright Act. And it just makes it more expensive to bring shit over over the borders that is in in written form. So that's part of the thing. There's also a this is and this. I think this is a really interesting part of it. There is a considerable higher cost of doing business in Canada. So like economies of scale are not as uh, advantageous there because of how spread out the population is. You know, it's uh, population lower in general, but they have these, you know, drastically more sparsely populated air regions that you're trying to deliver a magazine to. And it just fucking costs more to put it in a truck and take it there. You know what I mean? So yeah. very basic business is part of the thing. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's those two things basically are, are the big reasons. And I'll, I'll drop that article in the show notes if you want to give it a read. But yeah, oh, it's, sorry, it's, Canada. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I, that was always something. That, like, it's it's funny. There's there's so many things. I don't know. Like, should you, should you just like accept it? You know, <laughs> like like how why maybe as a kid, sure, who gives a fuck? But like as an adult, like a person, uh, an adult with any level of curiosity or like truly true awareness would be like, what? And and like want to know why that is, you know what I mean? And yeah, that was part of the thing. Like looking around, and there's all these articles that are like Canadians are like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, like, what do you mean it's a dollar more? Like how? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? I mean, I uh, just kind of assume that it's just interest rate. Like okay, like their dollar, like it's just the difference in the dollars. Like that's just how it is, and move right. on. You know, yeah, but, how, like, but that's that's such a, how could you statically call it a dollar, even if that is the reason, like the, you know, and you know the the big part of it is is it doesn't affect us. We are we are seemingly anyways. Uh, I guess it is at the mercy of exchange rates because yeah, there there was a there was a window where the Canadian dollar. This is when like shit really heated up about this topic actually uh, in Canada is because the the Canadian dollar became worth more than the U.S. dollar, and this uh, this remained the same way, and people were like, what the fuck? See, <laughs> see yeah. now that's what I that's what I expected but i expect it to change every time they ship this so the next next month nintendo power should be the reverse you know if that's what that's not if that's the case see yep i'd be outraged too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's a political tangent anyways the uh the tease line for mega man is dr wiley launches lunatic plot and i think that's very hyperbolic jay uh <laughs> 
<laughs> sounds like it belongs on a newspaper front page for sure. <laughs> I mean, he is a lunatic, though. I mean, that's, that's he is. It's 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 appropriate. It's just it is. It's very extreme. <laughs> <laughs> very very alarm causing, I guess. You know, uh, the the plus for the issue is Dragon Warrior, fiery fun. Hit previews, all-star lineup, and that this is an anniversary issue. And uh-huh. they th- are throwing in a bonus of a Super Mario Brothers 2 Super Power Tip Book. And that's another game. I don't know why they're bothering to cover here. It's already been on the pod also. Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking the same thing. I'm like, wait a minute. didn't We covered all of this. <laughs> yeah, we're, get, we're getting ahead of the game here. And uh, first thing up inside is a two-page spread for a subscribe ad offering up a power tip poster and help a friend get his wings and Jay, <laughs> look at all the zippers on this dude right. <laughs> so i was like all. look at this jacket yeah. like, god damn it i love zippers as a kid <laughs> I, I like those little pins though like wings yeah. like oh i, I love those things yeah, i always wanted one of those i never got one though yeah i never had a friend that loved me enough to convince me to subscribe to uh <laughs> problem but yeah i would have killed for that jacket dude uh ruse tennis shoes bro do you remember ruse tennis shoes the little zipper pocket on the side Oh yeah, I could not get enough of it. <laughs> I had a pair, like, like nothing of actual use whatsoever could fit in the side pocket on them. It's so small, yeah. it's a kid's like completely has no utility whatsoever. But just the idea that I could put something in there was great for me. I loved pockets. <laughs> uh, they're still around, dude. Like ruse are still around. To my surprise, their website their website has a like a really cool, fun history lesson. That's uh, in a scroller that's worth worth peeping out. I'll, I'll, it's just kangaroos.com. I'll throw that in the show notes as a reminder. But, uh, yeah, if you want to know the history <laughs> of the development of the company and the shoe, Ruse, um, that, that, is, that is out there to be had. So, anyways, <laughs> the, the, poster, the, the, poster, the, poster, the poster does look awesome that they're giving away here. The team power tips poster there. Yeah, man. Double I, dragon. I, I, I try. I tried really hard to hunt it down on the interwebs, but no luck, which was a bummer, man. You can usually find anything, but not the case for that one. So if someone has, if a listener fucking has that poster or, or a, a JPEG of that poster they could share, by all means, please do send it to us. I would love to see it. And what they're trying to do here is convince you to talk a friend into subscribing, as I already mentioned. So Nintendo is running a fucking pyramid scheme here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get the poster. Tell a friend. Yeah, you, you get the poster, your friend gets the little bronze team power pin to put on his lapel or whatever the fuck you would put it on. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's how the system works. So that's that's interesting that that you know that's their I don't know, it is, it's a pyramid scheme is what it is, dude. <laughs> it's smart though. I'm sure it worked because yeah, yeah Nintendo power lasted for years. For sure, man. Uh they use they even use a gender specific pronoun in here, the miserable fucks, in this description. <laughs> Then give it to your then give oh it to boy. your friend. Have him fill out his portion. Like, what do you mean, him, motherfucker? What are you saying? What, girls can't have Nintendo power. All right, <laughs> you know, sneaky and a twat. But of course, that it's funny that that would never happen today. Right. Uh, table of contents. Nineteen eighty-nine. Very different time, everyone. Very, very different time. A table of contents. After that, pretty uh, as always, but. For once, not meaningless as it usually is, they explain they have an explainer here for the Super Mario tip book, and it like it kind of tells you how to deal with it. <laughs> it says it can be it can be removed by opening the silver staples, but leaving the brass ones alone, dipshit, and pulling it out and then bending the <laughs> staples back. So like yeah, it actually explains how to remove pages of a magazine, basically. <laughs> hey, we're dealing with kids, man. You got you to explain things at a base uh, level. Yeah, there's even a fucking illustration. It's great. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, it's basically like I said, it's the first time the table of contents, as, even though it's beautiful looking as always. There's no value, nothing for us to talk about. So I was just thrilled that there was a conversation piece in here on this page. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the first thing they do, uh, as is becoming customary, is the mailbox, and uh, it kicks off with, with a hard flex by Will Turnbow and Cody Wyoming. It took him two months and 200 smackaroons to build, but this cat built a standing NES arcade cabinet from scratch. It holds two advantage joysticks, kind of in the place that a arcade would have its joystick and buttons, has game racks, it has a magnetic strip at the top of the thing for you to, like, uh, pin up game maps so you can look at them right in front of you while you play and have them up in the air, you know, and not have to deal with the table or some shit with a map on it. It has a holder for his rad 3D glasses and, in quotation, all, <laughs> all my magazines. Uh, so, like, yeah, a very thoroughly and well-thought-out built uh, game cabinet that he just did on his own. And uh, jokes aside, it does not look like a fucking DIY project, Jay. <laughs> that is freaking impressive, man. Yeah, man. Like, Yes. If Will really built this shit on his own, I would like to discuss a business proposition with him. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I kind of want this at my house. Like, if you would upgrade this for, like, a different system, like, I kind of like it. What do you mean? Why? No, I want one of those with NES now. This second, <laughs> the exact same thing. You want one for another silly? Like, what do you mean? Like the, even the, that's the thing. Like even the fuck. That's what I mean by it's not a DIY project, dude. It has like the you know it has the logo and the fucking Super Mario. Like it has the decals on it that make it look like Nintendo built this shit at the factory and you had to pay a thousand bucks for it. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I'm just saying I want a flat screen. I want Super Nintendo in there, oh, but I want everything else to say. Dude, you want a flat screen? You want a CRT? Get a CRT. No. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? It looks better on a CRT. This shit looks better on a CRT, dude. No, it's that is the only thing I don't like is that TV. You swap that out, I'm I'm getting the whole thing. Let's Jay, talk. Telling you right now, if you put it, dude, I can't do. There are internet comparisons galore about it. The shit is built for these slower scan lines. The, the, the scan lines mm. on are not. They're not even they have scan lines anymore. That's the point. Like the scan line functionality of a CRT lends itself to a better display. I'm not going to get into the science here, Jay. <laughs> you, 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 All right. You gotta, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to right be now. informed. Inform yeah, me. Telling you right now, yeah, CRT is way better for these old games. If if it wasn't such an obtuse fucking massive thing to have in your goddamn apartment, I would have one. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, that's mainly what I'm thinking. I'm like, just give me the small <laughs> flat thing. You know, give well, me yeah, the easy. Cabinet. What the fucking difference, dude? What do you mean? I, it's impressive. Like to me, <laughs> you shrink you shrink the back. So like I'm th I'm thinking of like space. You know? Okay, uh, you're like I mean, everything else the same. Like that, I guess maybe there's some functionality benefit or some some uh, aesthetic benefit to it for for yes modern enjoyment. But uh, I don't know. I think if you're gonna go with the, I mean you got to the amount of space you save in doing that. I don't think factors into a real world uh, benefit, man. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Regardless, Will Turnbo, the amount of time that we're talking about this means you did a fucking awesome Great. job. Right? <laughs> and I want one regardless. <laughs> uh, the only other thing here that uh, I thought uh, was a note was Jordan Khalil bitching about his issues showing up late. <laughs> I like that word too. <laughs> right? <laughs> I had to go into a, a long explanation of how the fuck the mail works and, and printing a magazine. Uh, but... I love that, like, I, these letters are gold, though. Like, one of them's like, how old is Mario? Did he marry Princess Zelda? Like, I love that they printed that and, like, yeah. took the time to answer it. 
Sure, dude, because there's no fucking Google, dude. This is shit that people solve their own, on their own in four seconds now. But, like, no one had the answers for you. This is the only way to get answers like this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can just ask anybody. Yeah, shit that you would never tell people in a million years you're bothering to look up late at night in your bed about the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> uh, you know, people, like, had to be more outgoing about it and, like, you know, put themselves on the line to, to learn shit. <laughs> Which is, Imagine that as its own. I don't know. It's kind of a beautiful thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, so man. video spotlight and power players to follow here. Shout out to our Ohio brethren, Richard Rick and Ali Bukhari of Marion, Ohio. They've been getting, oh. they've been getting fat playing Contra. Yes. <laughs> but their situation is getting considerably better now that they can exercise with the power pad. Dude, I, read, I copied that exact same phrase down. I was like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> better, man. Yes, your life is getting considerably better. You have no idea, guys. <laughs> Track me, saving lives, getting people healthy. Good job, going, Nintendo. Going up from here, guys. The the, the <laughs> power player of this issue is Chuck the Wiz Burks, hailing from Atlanta from the ATL, the dirty ATL, in fact, who is a 36 year old dude writing a Nintendo Power with a flex letter. <laughs> <laughs> like 36 years old is a little old to be writing flex letters to game mags dude like you know, enjoy don't get me wrong i'm 38 i'm you enjoy your tendo there's nothing wrong with that but let the tots have this section dude you don't need to <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need to get your dumbass picture in nintendo power at 36 flexing about your high score on whatever dude you just don't need to do it <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I feel like back then, at this time, this is kind of like the wild, wild west of gaming. So anything goes. Like, they were figuring it out. Like, everybody loved it. It was like, uh, is this for kids? Nah, I'm going to do what I want to do right now. Yeah, but I, yeah. I don't know. I think I think you got to, I think you just got to, I don't know. I don't know. Right? <laughs> what he should have done, if he wants to do this, is take this picture, do all this, and then say it's your kid. <laughs> I mean, like, have fun with it. Like, don't, don't. Don't be serious about your flex <laughs> if, if you're going to do it's, it, you know? It's funny this picture, too. I'm like, <laughs> the picture doesn't match up with your flex, right. though. Like, well, that's, that's what it. I mean. That's why it would be funny, you know? Yeah. But, uh, it's, I don't, as is, I, I, I take issue with it. Sorry. Sorry, Chuck. <laughs> sorry, sorry, the whiz. I take issue with it. The first feature uh, in the mag is a – unless you got some other shit here for video spotlight. Any of these other, any of these other yeah. flex letters from kids mean anything to you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. So the feature is indeed a 16-page bonanza on ISOH alum Mega Man 2. The mm -hmm. first couple pages set the stage and cover the three obstacle-conquering devices, as they're referred to here, which is cool. I like breakdowns. And they dedicate a beautiful two-pager to each level and boss in the actual feature with a full map and mad tips and tricks, except for the only two they leave out of this are Quick Man and Crash Man who they just get a small mention before the Wiley's Castle teaser. And these, uh, thinking back to our playthroughs, dude, these are the two I inherently felt inclined to save for last of my playthrough from the pod. Do you remember so that? So did I. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like this can't be coincidence, that you know Nintendo Power ingrained in me somehow that these are the two most difficult, and they go last by way of, of shit like this. You know what I mean? And maybe so. that was the thing, because like, if you actually had Nintendo Power and didn't get to play that game until after it came out, then you inherently probably saved them for last because yep. they were not in the mag. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, they do not gloss over the fact that the password system is a revolutionary one in here and pointing out it makes 
in quotations, it writing down and entering passwords a breeze. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, we already mentioned that. It's a really cool password system. So worth yeah. pointing out specifically. And I don't know. Do you mean, you know, we already talked about this game for hours already. Do you have anything that you would bring up about the feature here? Not really. I mean, the the artwork was fun and cartoony. It is you good. Know? Yeah. I have the, yeah. uh, just a spoiler alert listeners the well you've already seen it actually if you're listening to the pod the spoiler spoiler alert jay but anyways i use the the artwork at the end of fucking mega man in red on the two sled with quick man in the background there uh as, as in our key art for the for the issue so yes nice. i liked it enough to do that. very cool art so the next thing is they follow that up with an eight page diddle of faxandu or faxanadu or fazanadu is the way yeah. to say it damn it josh faxanadu it's Fazanadu, God damn it! I'm Fazanadu. positive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was calling it Faxanadu just because. Yeah. and I, that's what I called it as a kid too. But kids are idiots. We're grown men. It's time, <laughs> time to get it right. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that is capped off by four-panel fold-out screenshot map poster, which is nice. I, I also like the art styles on the illustrations here, very comic book-like. And I actually, I speaking of key art i use the the one on the second page here on our key art as well so that also gets the honor of of my choice for our fucking key art and i have this card as i've mentioned and having this detailed feature to work from i might finally give it the old college try in my my spare quarantine time jay see i was thinking this looks interesting so i kind of i kind of might have to agree like I, i don't know part of me I'm a little nervous about playing such an old RPG because I feel like I'm going to fumble through it at this point. Like I, maybe I would have loved it as a kid, but at the same time, yeah, I thought the same thing reading this. I was like, should I go download this and play? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's shit. Well, you don't have to download it, Jay. It's in, it's in the, it's in the bundle I sent you already. You got it. It's right there. Just ah, wait, everybody. Even better. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Accessibility on yeah. demand. <laughs> accessibility, fucking high, high functioning <laughs> accessibility. Uh, one of the, the, the one of the. You know, like so, my memory of this game—I I can't remember if I went into it or not when we first talked about it from the preview. But yeah, my uncle is the one who actually had this card, so I remember playing this with him. And like, I was rather small, and I remember falling this like he was playing the shit out of it, and we were kind of passing the controller back and forth to start. And mm-hmm. I fell asleep. I was so bored with it, and like, not. <laughs> and I, I remember waking up, and he was beating it. You know what I mean? So like, he said we sat down and collectively worked on this for God knows how long it was. I slept through half of it. And he was so immersed in it that he stuck it out and beat the whole fucking thing, which is crazy. Because oh. uh, I don't think he, I don't remember him having a Nintendo Power or anything. So he had to figure this shit out. <laughs> and, I, and again, I haven't played it a great deal on my own, uh, particularly recently. So I don't know how, can, you know how much shit there is to solve in the narrative. But it looks like there's probably, this is n- not a one-sitting game to me, it looks like. You know, so no. it's a- it's that. That, yeah, it's impressive that Uncle Ted did that, I think. See, I mean, that's I think that, that's one of my big impediments with it, and I've tried to fire it up, but the big impediment is it has, like, a steep learning curve. Like, I don't really know what the hell to do when I turn the game on. And this sets you down the right path, and, and I don't imagine I'm too stupid to pick it up once things get some traction. So, <laughs> I, that, right. that, you know, yeah, you know, I think that's a big part of, of what, I, what I'm thinking now, why, why it might be worth picking up, because I think this can get you far enough to really be, you know, get going. And uh, yeah, there's a ton of maps in here. There's an a, a above average number of one sentence tips to help you along the way. You know, it's I, I think I think there's enough here to get you into it and, and really get going. So I may have to. Maybe oh. we'll talk about that later, Jay. Maybe there's a reason Perhaps. both have. <laughs> <laughs>
That is the Dr. Chaos credit roll theme, bringing us into the middle portion of our look at Nintendo Power 7. And the first thing they give us here, actually, before we even get into that, I divide up a, res- you know, I do these fucking outlines for this show. And so I look at the page numbers, uh, and they've traditionally been up to date for those first six issues on a certain number, page number. Like it's very re- regimented, actually, the way they divide this magazine up, as you mm-hmm. might think. And this is the first issue where I noticed that they cut 10 pages off this fucking magazine for this issue, dude. It's 100 pages instead of 110 now. So, really? yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Mario tip book is the reason. We, we shall see uh, where it goes from here. Ah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So that could have been part of it. But it could have also just been, uh, fucking, it's too much work to do 110 pages. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, hey, this is the anniversary issue. Maybe they got some feedback. Like, hey, uh, a little too long, guys. Just too long. Just, just, like, just like our fucking podcast. Too fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing they give us here is Counselor's Corner kicking off kicking off the, uh, the segment. And it's... They have Legacy the Wizard, Bases Loaded, Ninja Gaiden, Dr. Chaos, and ISOH Game Episode Alum, Friday the 13th. And Ooh. there is a great, I love it, Bases Loaded tidbit in here. So it's the exact parameters of how Beanball Brawls get started. And it's so cool to me that this that this was included uh, in the, <laughs> like, in this game at all. But also as like a really difficult to incite event, so it's like a, you know, like a, a very like you know people. There's probably people who played this game, fucking this played the shit out of his kids and never even knew this was in it, you know. So just super cool that that it's in there at all and that it's you know a, a not easy to find thing, <clears throat> because as a game designer, you're like you you spend all this time fucking creating these things for people to, to play experience see the idea that you would make any of them hard to find beyond just like narrative difficulty is kind of surprising you know what i mean anyways so i like it though yes exactly so the only way that it happens is that there's only some pitchers lack the control necessary for it to happen to them at all so like they, it has to be a pitcher that is poor enough control for it to be possible and then on top of that the select pitchers have to hit the one batter on each team designated as the hothead, and that you know that's not there's no in game <laughs> designation where you can discern this, but it's just what they're calling it here in the in the thing to explain it. Uh, so, so yeah, you have to hit the hothead on the team, the one batter that that has this characteristic to them, and then in the event of that combo lining up, only two scenarios are possible. So the batter must be beamed on each of their first three at bats, which guarantees that they'll charge the mound. So, I mean, that's what the likelihood of that is next to zero, you know what I mean? And unless you're trying to, of course. And then any bean of the batter after the fourth inning has a chance to cause the brawl. So innings four through nine or extra innings also, if you hit this batter with this kind of pitcher, it can happen. And then, you know, you can see, oh, like, man. yeah, I never really played bases loaded one because Ted had two, and I've just always been more inclined to play two. I think it's a better game, but and this is not included in bases loaded too, unfortunately. But you know, I can I, I I've seen it before. It's it was mentioned in like the original sports piece in issue one of the first, maybe first even issue, uh, where they talked about base, baseball games and bases loaded was in there, and they mentioned it and had the screenshot of yeah, you can see it cuts to the scoreboard and the fucking guys are running out to charge the pitcher and shit, you know, uh, which is which is super cool and and really fun, I think. Um, and probably Damn, the likelihood of that though, come on, like I feel like unless you're trying to do that. Like you just gotta have an absolutely terrible picture pitcher who is just like, like you just don't know what you're doing. Like how do, sure. how are you even going to get that? How are you going to trigger that, that? 
Yeah, that first scenario, no way in hell. I mean, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's not dependable at all. I mean, the second half is obviously easy. The idea, or not easy, but it's it's exponentially more likely of just randomly <laughs> hitting a, this one of nine batters in innings four through nine or, or extra innings. Like, that's, that to me, you know, and can you, I mean, can, can you imagine as a kid? Like, because, <laughs> oh, like, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be the one pitching like that can, it can, you can it happen to you as the batter too. So it's not even like, you don't make the decision. Like imagine being the batter as a kid and this, all of a sudden your guy runs out and tries to kick the shit out of the pitcher. Like, <laughs> can you imagine like how fucking you'd be like, you'd be looking around like, like, Whoa. If, you were, like yeah, if you were alone playing that and you had no one to share it to or share it with and like prove that it happened. Can you imagine as a kid? You'd be like, oh my fucking God. Like you gotta like tell someone you can't prove like, Oh my God. Like, you know, if you have no like, idea. yo, I rushed the mound. Like, yo, yeah. Yeah, and your friend's like, fuck you, you little lion prick. <laughs> like, I played that game, like, for so many days, I've never, ever seen that. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I just thought that was a really fun thing that we've been talking about. But The Friday the 13th blurb in here is the Pitchfork and Sweater location, which are hot tips for sure. If, if you're playing that game, you want to know where the fuck those things are at. The mullet count is unfortunately zero in the game. Oh. <laughs> yeah, really bumped out. Usually that's such a fun part of the mag, but I mean, there's not, not only are there no mullets, there's, there's really the profiles don't have anything fun about them either, which is See, also, you know, I was wondering the same thing. I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, okay, I wonder if they had a mandate to play every game or if they were, you know, they got a letter in and they just had to like hop to and figure shit out. Like, how did that work? I have, dude, I'm, I'm infatuated with those dudes. And I actually, there's, 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 you can find, you can look up. There's not many of them because these people have moved on to, you know, real lives. Half of them are probably fucking dead now. But the, the you know, oh, the, you know, it's not a thing that exists anymore. Or it didn't last uh, a terribly long time in this form anyways. So, yeah, there's there's not a ton of literature out there about this stuff. There's a few interviews you can get. There's a few podcast interviews with, with, with some of the, the, the ones that are, are able to be found on the Internet. So, yeah, I have done deep dives on, you know, how these guys work. And, I mean, dude, it, it's so fascinating, man. They had, like, they, like, you know, this shit didn't, they, they, there was no there's no, there's no, there was no blueprint. Yeah, no playbook. You just had to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Games came out, and these guys developed. They all they did is sit around and play games and take phone calls. So they they developed these handbooks for the games that were just literally dude binders with like those you know those those plastic those plastic insert pages where they drew their own hand maps and stuff. And oh would, yeah. You know, and like and like individual individual uh, counselors would become kind of the go-to experts. So like this never happened to me in my memory, but you, you know, they, the, in the interviews, they would say that like if someone called in with a particular, you know, an RPG game, Dragon Warrior da, 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 or something like that, like that's really immersive and, 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 and requires this visceral knowledge of it to, to answer questions. Like there was usually a go-to counselor for that and you get transferred over. Like, let me, let me transfer you to the fucking Dragon Warrior specialist. I don't know. That dude or, or girl would fucking, take the call you know and 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 work through who whatever it was with 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 the person calling in so i mean it's it's a really really interesting research project if you want if you want to spend an afternoon fucking consuming meaningless shit that's interesting (laughs) Uh, i may have to that sounds interesting (laughs) yeah there's there's some really good interviews with those those people so yeah but yeah this as far as actual this month's little section here not much going on the straight fire is in the top 30 this issue i would say though that was it, it a lot of shit catching my attention in, in the top 30. There's the top top five round out as Mario 2, Zelda 2, Ninja Gaiden, Zelda 1, and Tecmo Bowl, which is, I have, there's, I don't see how anyone could ever say anything about that five. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, exactly. 
Yeah, my one gripe I would say probably is Tyson's punch out is all the way down to 21, which is right below, you know, and like, again, like it's, you know, it's been. How long has it been now? Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think I want to say 87 that came out. So you got a couple years. Like, okay, fine. Fine. It's, it's going down. There's other games coming out that are more fucking that are hotter, what, what have you. But it's right below. Yeah. It's right below WrestleMania. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute, though. That WrestleMania game. It's Which, according sucked, to this, dude. according to this was new. Everybody was playing at the time because it was I thought it was cool. I thought that I mean, game yeah, was cool. It's, yeah, it's, sure. It's the licensing, it, the licensing component of it. Actually, that's not new either. That, that, that was in Nintendo Power a while ago. I don't think it's new either. But well, the, it says new to the top 30. So maybe it was like just gaining popularity at the time. I don't know. Does it say that? Where does it say that? Yeah, the purple. Or the the color coding. Oh, dude, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, it, it's been out for a while. Cause it, that they had, they did a big piece on that when it came out too, and that was a few issues ago. Hmm. So yeah, it didn't just come out. So it, yeah, that's not an excuse either for <laughs> 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 fucking. I don't, yeah, and the, yeah, I mean, wrestling was still super hot then, and uh, I was into WrestleMania too, or WrestleMania wrestling at the, maybe eighty nine. I probably still was, but it's just the kind of games. No, just no chance in hell, dude. But actually, on, on top of Mike Tyson's punch out, dude, my buddy Will. So it's funny what this podcast does in your life. My buddy Will uh, was sending me. He was playing fucking Mike Tyson's punch out, and he beat fucking Tyson, dude. And like he like he felt the need to text it to me, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you know, wanted again the same same thing we just described about bases loaded. Like you have to show that off, dude. That's that's such a life accomplishment. Like so, you have, that has to be shared with someone. <laughs> and like get her I, done. I, yeah. That he felt that I, I belonged in that group, yes. um, especially you know, I fucking I, I, it made me. He was sending me pictures of it, and like I fucking I was doing something. I was playing something else, might have been Solar Jetman on NES, and he starts sending me those pictures, and I just couldn't resist. I, I got Mike Tyson's punch out and started playing Mike Tyson's punch and punch out. It's <laughs> just such a good game, uh, but yeah, it was a fucking uh, cool little moment of sharing. Everybody, uh, side note: anybody listening to the podcast, feel free to send out your own. Completion screenshots of Mike Tyson's punch out to but Josh. <laughs> so you yeah. get yeah. motivated to Text get it done. Directly. My number is 614. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I can note that. <laughs> uh, but by all means, do share it on our, on our socials when we can get to it in a manageable and reasonable uh, uh, order of, 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 of protocol. <laughs> so what's your, what's your biggest arbitrary gripe on the rankings here, Jay? Or, or is it just is excitement that WrestleMania is a new entry on the fucking top 30 (laughs) (laughs) wrestlemania is a jam but to me i feel like double dragon that there was no surprises in the top 10 specifically but like double dragon to me is like top five fucking love that game the first one isn't isn't a good game dude and and dude i first i've I've, interviewed i damn the first one's not good dude (laughs) double dragon 2 is double dragon 2 is a classic but double dragon 1 is also great what's that the idea that you can't play two players simultaneous is just a it's just a robbing of the experience of Double Dragon. Like Double Dragon is all about two players kicking ass on the screen together, and the fact that you couldn't do that in the first one on NES sucks, dude. I, don't know. I can't. I cannot. Oh yeah. I, well, I do. I do love the the battle arena part of it, and like that. You know, that's something I talked to Dan extensively about. Was like how cool and innovative of an idea that was because you know. He had to create some two-player component to it, and they made him do something new for the port, and he thought that up out of nowhere. <clears throat> and it's like, it doesn't exist in any other version of the game. You know, that, that battle arena thing, and like the sprites that they made for it are all new. Like, that's not anywhere else. So I, that's all very cool and commendable, but like, if you're talking like in the grand scheme of gaming, like I can't, I can't, you can't, you can't talk me into Double Dragon being in the top anything because it doesn't matter. <sighs> All right, that's a specific gripe, but okay. <laughs> You're welcome to it. <laughs> you 
well, you were probably playing on fucking Atari seventy eight hundred, and I bet that had two player on it. If I it wouldn't surprise me if it did. Dude, uh, definitely was, a two player. I mean, but I, I feel like yeah, you're, to be honest, Double Dragon two was kind of the great one. I played three and four as well, but they were all different and weird. But like Double Dragon two was kind of the pinnacle. Two was yeah, two was. I mean, I, I won't. Yeah. I still honestly, I am not. I don't know. I, I just for some like I mean, and like I, you know, I had the handheld. I had the Tiger handheld Double Dragon. It's like it was part of my childhood, but it, I do not hold it in like the same tier as some of these other like classic games. I just, uh, I don't know. Okay. For some reason or another, it just it doesn't doesn't crack that that glass ceiling for me. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Fair enough. Yeah, but it's in the top ten here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bionic Commando, Blaster Master, Simon's Quest, Mega Man Two are the other ones. So I'm kind of shocked that Mega Man Two is is so low given it's on the cover here and then what that game was you know i don't know maybe maybe it demonstrates true democracy in these that that we have uh questioned (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) uh really was just not well known enough yet to be any higher than nine i don't know what is see we'll see in a few of the future episodes actually look at blue is there they're just on the move i I don't know if that means that they moved up as they moved up several spots They, on the move, that's hilarious. Okay, okay. Well, that's probably enough talk about the top thirty. They then give us a twelve pager on Nintendo of America's release of Dragon Warrior, which wow. is of yes, the the it is their port of Chunsoft and Enix's Japanese RPG benchmark Dragon Quest, and this means that the dawn of the RPG era is upon us, young adventurer. Come. Let us role play, Jay. <laughs> Even though we just talked about how Adventure was probably the first RPG, but this is this is the first one that that had the complexity level that I think we consider an RPG to have. Um, probably the I, first one to have a full, massive, several page spread in a popularly read magazine as well. Sure, yes, that's a good thing to do. Although we haven't went through all the Atari magazines, Jay. Project the yeah. next pro- the next project, given your involvement with Atari, probably should be that. <laughs> good idea can survive the apocalypse and getting through every Nintendo power uh, into <laughs> that's something to talk about too. I, I don't know when I want to stop doing this. I don't want to take Nintendo power through the 2000s. I definitely don't. I have no interest in the 2000s Nintendo releases. Oh, uh, I didn't read it in the 2000s. That's yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah, college college is when it ends. Like yeah, gotta, I, I, I stopped I stopped reading long before that. I stopped reading Nintendo oh, yeah. power in middle school. I started smoking pot and fucking chasing girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nintendo kind of fell out. I mean, we still played, but it, it wasn't, I wasn't like, oh my god, everything Nintendo give it to me by, by middle school. So yeah, I got out the game for a while. So yeah, I, the, the 2000s Nintendo and yeah, even late 90s probably loses a little bit of luster for me. So anyways, that's another topic for another day as well. Uh, I love the table setting paragraph they wrote for this. So in the interest of making this podcast even longer, or this podcast episode <laughs> longer, I'm going to read it. It's It goes like this. Enter a world of myths and dreams where dragons roam and heroes fight against impossible odds. Dragon Warrior is not just a game. It's a place and a time of great danger and greater deeds. Anyone with a stout heart may venture into this world, and once there, they will find a noble cause, a lost way of life, and mysteries as old as time. Jay, that's some solid shit right there. (laughs) Especially with the dragon and the dude on the, like, yeah, come on. Yeah, I mean, the art is fucking super lit too. Yeah, I mean that's but that 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 for video for child child intended for the most part video game magazine writing. That's good copywriting, dude. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I'm about to go on a quest. What's happening? <laughs> and then it's funny you say that because the first five pages of this piece are devoted to explaining to the reader what in the holy fuck an RPG even is in the first place. Like, yep. that's 
that's how groundbreaking of a game this was. Like they, they explain in detail how the status windows work and what they mean, what turn-based fighting is, how the experience and leveling up systems work, interfacing with NPCs, using items, spell casting, how to play an entirely unknown gaming UI top to bottom. You know what I mean? And that's the fact that that was required in this is, is, is yeah, just demonstrative of, of just how fucking next level of a thing this was. And, and, and also how little faith they had in the American public, but <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it, I, I never had this magazine. Like I've never read this magazine as a kid that I can remember. And I can tell you, I like, I probably mentioned it before as a kid, I didn't really like RPG games. Didn't get into them until like probably late teens and then adult and really as an adult, I got into them, but like, before I was like, don't give me those strategy games. Like I don't understand how they work. Like I feel like if I had had this magazine like explaining it, I might have been like okay. startup cost, dude. Emotional okay. startup cost, dude. That's that's, that's <laughs> a, new, a new ISOH coin phrase I think that we got going here now. Emotional startup yeah. cost on a game was too high, or on this game was too, too high rather. Well, especially if you got like a little brother waiting to play next after you, it's like this is too long. Like we sure, got to yeah. just be able to jump see, in and see, get it going. See, Jay, I was a total prick. I would just make my little brother. I would actually, I would not even let my brother go in the other room and play his system. I would make him sit and watch me. Look at you. <laughs> that's how much of a fucking prick I was. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, they, <laughs> they then drop a top shelf breakdown on us for the spells that's loaded with great art that really helps paint a picture of what the magic does, dude. Like, I think this is one of the better breakdowns we've had yet in this magazine and looking at this i realized that when i cast many of these spells i got you know again just really dissecting this piece this is a big game for me so i was i really fucking dived into this this feature here and looking at it i was thinking to myself like when i play this game and i, you know, I have the card I've, I've, I've reclaimed this i actually had this card and this is one of the ones i i love getting the games uh i love other ones too i mentioned this too but it, when i got like that big bulk shit from ted the the mailing with all my that had some of my shit in it too like my version of Dragon Warrior was in there and I hadn't turned that card on and fuck, I don't know how long. And my save game is there, dude, you know? So like, you know, I played the shit of this game and that was a really fun thing to find. But anyways, when I play the game, I, and I, and I cast these spells in the game, the image mm -hmm. that appears in my mind is these very illustrations. Like, really? Yes. No. <laughs> yes. I swear to God. Like, I remember this thing. So this is one of, I think this breakdown is incredible. It's really good by Nintendo Power Breakdown Standards. And yes, these pictures stick, uh, they're just fucking etched, seared into my memory, dude. Like, that Hurt More picture, like, uh, yeah, the, the heel picture, like, it's just, I don't know, man. The, like, the, the, yeah, the difference, particularly, like, the, the disparity between heel, he's pointing at his arm and just fixing this problem. <laughs> and then heel more is like this fully, full body immersive experience of, of healing yourself, you know? And then the outside thing, that cross-legged thing, like, that's a very, that doesn't, I don't know, like, that's not, uh, that doesn't really explain what's happening, you know? So, like, the idea that that's what I think of when I think of outside is, I mean, you know, like a, a, a knight cross-legged like that is not, like, that's that's not what the spell should put in your head. But because, <laughs> because of this breakdown, I, th yeah, I think that's where it comes from, and I think it does for sure, you know? And I just thought that was, that's next-level nostalgia effect shit, you know? Oh, man. But it's impressive, though. Honestly, you know, th looking at this reminds me of just, like, yeah, so Elder Scrolls Online, which if you guys listen, you know I I still love. I'm still very much into. It reminds me of just like the abilities on your bar. Like, oh yeah, heal. I gotta hit that one. You know, just the icon well, yeah, that well, goes yeah, along dude, with that spell. Again, exactly. This is establishing the vernacular of, of exactly RPG, you know a fantasy RPG. Like that's that's part of what this is doing, and that's you know that's also why it has such a such a, such a profound effect, probably. But pretty cool. Very this fucking cool. Artwork. 
<laughs> yeah. One fun fact about the spell breakdown, the spell block spell here, top row, middle, that spell mm-hmm. was actually called stop spell in the game. So I wonder really? Yeah, I wonder what went into that change. Like unless it's just a typo here, which is probably the more likely scenario. <laughs> uh I wonder you know, what happened in the development of the game or whatever that led to them making that choice. It's interesting mm-hmm. to me. Maybe last minute feedback. From from one high, I was like, you know what? We got to change this because of some legal reason. Blah, 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 blah. All right, let's switch it up. You never know. That'd be crazy if it was a legal reason. Spell block. Who the fuck owns the word spell block? What kind of animal <laughs> trademarked that? Uh, <laughs> the, so the back half of the feature finally gets into walking you through scratching the surface of the game's narrative. They kick it off with a, a little Nestor cameo for the name entry screen explanation. And that's kind of fun. The wrap-up page has a fucking story flow chart to help the reader visualize what I think they assume is too grand of an undertaking to understand otherwise. Like, they have this, like, you know, like the way a fucking, I don't know, uh, uh, an engineer would de- would have a flow chart of, like, how a device worked. <laughs> like they, that's what they put here in, like, this really basic rudimentary way to help you understand, like, what you're going to be doing here. You know what I mean? And I think I like that's... It. I, I love it too, but it's just, again, it just harks back to that, the whole idea of like how they had to, it was just a fucking baby, it was a video game baby teething thing. Like, you know, like you're going to have to, hey, you, you learn something new here, fucking open your mouth, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you got to come, if you got something revolutionary, you got to explain it to people. Otherwise, they're just going to be like, dude, I don't get it. I'm done. Forget this. Yeah. You know, patience is short. <laughs> patience was longer then, but it was still short. Uh, so yeah, you can probably get my tell from my enthusiasm here. This game means a lot to me, man. I I think it I think it influenced my taste in gaming, and I think it influenced my taste in storytelling in a measurable amount. I'm not sure there is a medieval fantasy game play experience I've ever had since playing this game as a kid that wasn't a relentless comparison to this game in the back of my mind. I mean, you mentioned really? Skyrim, like Skyrim. Yeah. I was going to say precursor to Skyrim. <laughs> every fantasy game I've ever played, I think like. Uh, and again, it's almost at a subconscious level. Like, how does this compare to what I consider to be like the stall, you know, the 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 benchmark RPG experience to me? And it's just, I, it's it's amazing how much impact it had on me. <laughs> you know, like I said wow. again, storytelling. I think I think this is the first time that I ever experienced a story in a way that made me think about the mechanics of storytelling. You know what I mean? Like. It just—I uh, I think it was it like an incredibly heavy impact on me as a kid, and 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 really sparked my interest in wanting to be immersed in a story as opposed to just playing a video game. You know what I mean? Wow, uh, I, I feel like I missed out, dude. <laughs> I, 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 I missed that. Yeah, this game is fucking great, dude. Uh, this feature and also the yeah they, they, they later have it might be the next issue. I'm not sure, but they they have a pullout strategy guide for this game as well. And they, they're, it's a huge part of that. Like that, that strategy guide in particular. Like I don't, I'm not even sure I remember this as much. They have that spell breakdown in the, in the, that same one, I believe, in mm-hmm. the, the pullout book too, if I recall correctly. Maybe not. Maybe this is the, the thing that, that I'm thinking of. But, anyways, they have that too. So that was a big part of it. But like those, these, these things had a, a really big impact on my little neophyte mind. And uh, my, I mean, to, to, to demonstrate that point, my roll twenty avatar is the overworld hero sprite from from this yeah like the picture i (laughs) not 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 my character in the game i have like this really cool tiefling artwork that i use for my character sprite on the dungeon Uh maps and shit but when you walk into the game rooms like you josh has a avatar as well and my avatar for that is 
this overworld sprite, you know. So, yeah, man, wow. uh, huge game, man. When the, when the sequel hit, Jab got it for the same Easter I got Tecmo Super Bowl actually, and holy fuck, was that a day? <laughs> <laughs> so, those two games, yeah, I mean, I, we dude, we were just off the grid for fucking. I'm a not long leaving time. the couch, mom. <laughs> yeah, we were. We See were, you tomorrow. We were, uh, we were we were hunkered down for sure when that happened. That was a good Easter. <laughs> Better than this one. I didn't even color eggs this time, dude. God damn it. <laughs> I usually I color eggs. I color eggs every year. I don't even do I don't even know the last time I didn't color eggs. And eggs were too much of a premium commodity to bother with it this year. Oh man. We still had to do it. The kids, I mean, yeah. Yeah. We sure. got her done. <laughs> sure. Probably easier to get eggs there, sadly. Anyways, True. the uh so uh, it's an impossible act to follow, but the show must go on. The next feature is a six-pager for Capcom's Strider. And Ooh. this was a big side-scrolling action platformer. Arcade hit uh, as well, but to my understanding, they switched it up quite a bit for the NES port. And it's still a side-scroller, but they added a lot of RPG elements to it. And the first page lays out a lot of the mechanics, as they often do, including a small breakdown of skills you can learn in-game that they call Power Tricks, which is a moniker I dig quite a bit. And the hero's little weapon is called a Cypher. I've never seen that word used for weaponry. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know what that does. It's a Cypher. Yeah, <laughs> I think of Cypher, again, in a weed-smoking context. Don't, <laughs> don't fuck up the Cypher. It's like the, the, or that the thing is being passed, that the joint is being passed, is the cipher. That's what a cipher is to me. <laughs> not, Pretty sure not, that's not what they're trying to trying to get that kind of shot off. In I thought that's what they were thinking when they made the choice, but who knows? I mean, it's very possible. <laughs> uh, anyway, the latter five pages are screenshot maps of the first four stages that look like they would be a huge help to playing the game. <laughs> they're they're very, very detailed and I have faint memories of dabble in this as a game when I was a kid uh, I remember I briefly hung out with so my parents got divorced and I moved to Grafton Ohio for like I think less than a year before my mom died and there was a kid that I was hanging with hanging out with around that time uh, I think he lived in Grafton or his dad did he, he I remember he he had a single his dad was a single parent too I remember hanging out with him a bunch and playing playing this game at his house so like that's the one memory i have of it and it's been <clears throat> it's such like a strong memory of like enjoying it and being intrigued by it and i had dude i have, for one reason or another have never really dived into it since uh but like the memory of it is strong and good enough to me where i've always kind of wanted to fuck with this game a little bit you know um i i can't remember if i played it or not it seems faintly familiar you know because it, it seems like one of those games that i'm sure my mom rented you know we got it for three days for like 99 cents. I was like, sweet. And maybe I've played it and I've never played it again after that. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I, I wanted to get a little taste and see, see what it was fucking with or talking about. So I fired it up and this is actually, it's funny to usually like the, the fact that we're like halfway through the magazine already. And this is the first game I've, had any reason to fire up either because we've already played it for a game episode or, you know, Dragon, <laughs> yeah. Dragon Warrior I know so well I have no reason to, you know. So it's funny to me that I got halfway through this fucking magazine without even firing a game up, which is kind of not the point of going through the magazines for me. Like, I, <laughs> the, point of, right. the point of going through these magazines is to try the games I haven't tried. But anyways, I, yeah, I fired it up and the title screen music is really fucking hot. The 
over a minute long cutscene that follows is also great. It's very anime, anime e, which is not always my favorite thing, but it, uh, I thought this one was pretty cool. So that made it onto our socials actually. So nice. the first thing the game throws at you is a mainframe computer, <laughs> and I <What>? love that <laughs> 80s video game staple, dude. I like <laughs> you just gotta have a mainframe in there. Like, more, like I don't know, it's just actually we watched fucking Amy and I watched Die Hard last night and. <laughs> So when the guy's busted in the building, this, you know, diehard's what, man, 87 or something. It's just, it's so, it just embodies the time period so well. But like <laughs> when, when the, the terrorists go into the building, the first thing they have that they do, the, the, the black guy kills the, the guard at the, at the front desk, jumps over the desk and then starts, he does something with the computer there. And then he runs in the back and begins hacking into the mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna hack into the mainframe. Like the first thing you gotta do, dude, is hack into the mainframe. If you want to fucking, you want to pull shit off, I don't give a shit what you do. You gotta hack into the mainframe. And then like 20 minutes later, (laughs) Bruce Willis is going upstairs after he's ran and and they've like crashed the 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 terrorists have crashed the party and he's ran away. He gets upstairs and the first thing he does is try to hack into the mainframe. (laughs) It's just yeah, uh, hacking into the mainframe is just such an 80s thing, and I fucking love it. So, yeah, the first thing they present to you is a mainframe computer here. And the, the, the mainframe computer is telling you that your friend was captured and that because the enemy knows who he is, he's totally fucked now and you should just kill him. <laughs> Which is like a, a, a brutal, brutal perspective on your friend getting captured. But none, nonetheless, that's the story here. Damn. I played the first level, basically, and I died on some spikes getting the hang, hang of it. But I restarted and, you know, understanding kind of the mechanics of it a little better, I got I, I was able to get to the first stage. And the first thing, so I find a floppy disk that I was informed. Had, and they tell you, you have, you have acquired file number one. So we're, now we're talking files. We're talking diskettes. So I'm, oh. fucking, I'm fucking sold. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with files and diskettes, like, I'm, do you got me. I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's got this really abnormal it. thing going on with the jumping mechanic where you you don't this is hard to describe, but where you you don't lean onto the up like usually when you when you when you fucking jump in games like you know Mario or anything, you are kind of you you inherently instinctively even hold up and the forward motion. Oh, of course, to, like that corner, of course. Absolutely. To, to, as part of your jumping mechanic. <clears throat> but in this game, to your movement. Yeah, yeah. In this game, it fucks up your jump. Actually, like you, you have to learn to hold, just hold forward and hit the jump button, and he automatically does that. But if you hold up, he just jumps straight up at all. You know mm. what I mean? So like, it's a, it, it's a little bit of a reteaching thing, mechanic wise. That certainly took, you know, it, it, it was counterintuitive to the old school platforming uh, school of thought, basically. That. Required a little acclimation, but you can get acclimated to anything. And later in the first level, I met an NPC that told me I needed to analyze the disc he had given me. File number five two, Jay. Yes, presumably. Spywork. Presumably, I need to analyze these back at the mainframe in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Plug them in. And I do. I did remember seeing an analyze option in the menu at the mainframe. So, oh my God, analyzing computer files at the mainframe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's go. (laughs) High level espionage. I'm in. Let's get, let me add the mainframe. So I stopped there. I didn't want to go ahead and play the whole game right fucking there and then. So, but so I stopped. But uh, yeah, I think you might hear more about this game later when we start talking game episodes, Jay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. I don't suppose you fired this up, did you? No, I did not. 
definitely do that. I, I, dude, I worked my ass off this week, unfortunately. But you. now you piqued my interest. So, I mean, I want to see what's on those damn discs. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I want to see what's on the fucking discettes. Tell me all about the discette contents. They then lead us into the preview section, highlighting four big deal games hitting between September and Christmas of 89. Robocop, DuckTales, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Iron Sword, Wizards and Warriors 2. And they start off with three pages and a two-page poster on RoboCop and Data East, or from Data East rather. And I somehow I I don't I somehow know, or at least think I know, <laughs> that this poster <laughs> is airbrush art, and it's pretty fucking slick looking. Like the that uh, the, the the oh yeah yeah escape in the background. It's got Ed two hundred nine dominating the foreground, like dominating basically the whole left half of it. And then got some RoboCop there on the right, and then kind of the futuristic Detroit there in the background. And some, uh, yeah, again, like I'm not the most artistically inclined human being, particularly with like hand, you know, painting, drawing, shit like that. I am useless, so I don't know anything about how fucking people this shit's <laughs> devised. But I look at it, I'm like, I know that's airbrushed somehow or another, you know. So yeah, very cool poster they, that they have in the section. And this game is licensed from the what I think uh, is a brilliant 1987 social satire packaged as an action film by the same name <laughs> it's directed by paul verhoven and it's timeless and so so fucking good if you haven't seen it holy fuck you have you've seen robocop right oh of course i feel like as an adult i should maybe re-watch it i mean the fact that you just gave it yeah. that moniker i'm like maybe i need oh, to rewatch it now understanding watch. life oh. in a different frame, oh. of, frame of mind dude this game so uh, not this game this movie oh it's so well done dude it's it's you know it, it had to be packaged as this kind of kitschy action film uh, but it's done in such a smart way with so much social commentary. It's just, it's such a smart movie, dude, for especially mm. an action film. Like, I don't, honestly, I don't know that there's another film that is, would be classified as an action film that has more cerebral shit going on in it, dude. It's, it's a really smart look at capitalism and corporate bullshit and kind of just, you know, the 80s. I'm going to rewatch that then, dude, because uh, I was 80s. like, 10 years old, there's no way I got all of that. Like, I was just like, okay, robot dude, yeah, he's, I see yeah. what I have to do. As a 10 year old, I watched the shit out of it in that mindset. But uh, yeah, as an adult, there's way more going on than that, dude. It's just so brilliant. So, all right. Right. so, so this game is based on that. And uh, not the, it's important <laughs> that if, if you are a reader, perhaps who's too young to know the difference, uh, it's very important that you, you don't watch the whenever the fuck it was made remake. That is, com it's complete. It's, it's, I often like remakes them usually just immediately like go fuck yourself. But this movie is so good and it means so much to me that I actually bit on it and I watched it and it's fucking absolutely awful. Um, mm. As all remakes that these ass clown studios put out as nothing but cash grabs. But I'm actually, as a sidebar to that, I am so pleased to see that they are all like furloughing executives and they're all like the studios I'm saying are all hemorrhaging cash and like they're just fucking shutting the fuck down. I like it might my is my dream scenario. It won't happen because they're backed by fucking corporations that will get bailed out or something. But it's it's a dream of mine that they all go bankrupt and the studio system dies. <laughs> like, oh, man. Film investment might actually start being diverted to filmmakers that are making thought-provoking, intelligent com uh, content, which, again, also will never happen. Corporations will see to it. It does not. But <laughs> it, it is a dream of mine. That is, is one possible really cool side effect to this whole corona shit. That uh, would be cool. Can you imagine if all of a sudden it was like – if Netflix was just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. If you're a filmmaker starting to count with us, you know, register your content, we're just going to go direct to you, and then it becomes like decentralized system. 
yep. things like that. That would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. Uh, shit in one hand and wish in the other, Jay. <laughs> the, yeah, the the power meter here uh, gives the game 3.5s all across the board, except for a 2.5 for play control. And the detailed look at RoboCop's high-tech chassis, <laughs> uh, as it's described here, is the kind of thing I ate up as a kid. So again, just going like, you know, I don't know. I fucking wanted to build my own robot. I love computers. Like as a little kid, I just loved the idea of futuristic technology. So, like, oh, they it's I- no wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they itemize all the gadgets and doodads that he was outfitted with here in this kind of like little picture of bio- of RoboCop, and it's like, <laughs> so these three things, these phrases, like, okay, biometabolizer, oil pressure motor, <laughs> oil pressure motor unit, interface needle. Like these phrases mean fucking nothing, really. <laughs> of not, but they sound cool, so yeah, exactly. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, they're, they're, like the words mean fucking nothing, but but it's just it's done and good enough where like a child's mind is just like, oh my god, yes, give me more. <laughs> Shockproof frame, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. bounce. Sure. So they also give you a weapon breakdown. There's only three of them though: the badass Auto Nine that he rolls with in the film, a machine gun, which like any fucking action game just has to have in it by by. Uh, inherently and then that clarence boddicker favorite toy the cobra gun from the movie that's like a fucking i don't even know what you call it it's like it just shoots like massive it's like the, you know what it is it's the i think it's probably what inspired the bfg and doom <laughs> you know, it's just firepower like a, is unmatched right, yeah, exactly. just, a, just a a gun that can be held in a man's hand and creates an energy a ball of destruction (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's just the most uh i don't know extension of a man's male member that uh, a a, a weapon that a guy could ever have (laughs) dude did you play this game though like i i played it it was it was tough like it was it was all right it wasn't like a favorite game like but it was kind of uh it was all right it was all right it was tougher than i game so the thing about me playing this game on the nes which i have the it is actually a poor well it's not a poor it's it's you know the robocop was such a big thing that just is i wouldn't even call it a port but there was an arcade version or an arcade rendition of the game of robocop that i played extensively before it came out and then yes so the fucking mm-hmm. arcade game was great dude the graphics were so good i remember that yep. yeah Sound. Maybe that's why, yeah, the NES was disappointing compared yep. to the arcade. It, well, it was sure. very disappointing. Like, it had like the mini game with the targets and shit in between the bonus stages where you shoot the targets with the fucking, again, the Auto 9. Uh, uh, it, was so, it was just so fucking cool. And they, they actually have that in the NES version too, which is cool. Uh, that's probably the best part of the NES version one, though, unfortunately, the actual side-scrolling parts suck. So yeah, that was the, my problem with the NES game is, yeah, that, that it wasn't, it was not up to snuff with what my known possibilities were with the arcade version, <laughs> you know? So this, this piece in the mag, though, they finished out with a map of stage one and then a little blurb about stages two through five. So that's their, their preview here. They have four pages then teasing Capcom's DuckTales next. And Jay, I cannot fucking wait till this shit comes out. <laughs> Dude, I, I was so like, cool. I was like, is it out? Can we play it? I was like, oh, come oh, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what, though? We should, have, we should fucking hold off till it's goddamn because we I know that's on the cover coming on a cover coming up. So we should if we're good. And, and I am like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm already like. Let's go. Like it's. We should I have set so many up. things to say. I have so many yeah, stories. We, like, we, should <laughs> have, we should set a mandate now that we're going to do the game app uh, at first available opportunity. So you know we should do that. But we should do it with the issue where it's on the cover, so our conversation is informed 
and we're not retroactively glossing over an entire cover cover feature. <laughs> in, yeah. in, Sounds in good. <laughs> uh, but yes, I am 100% down for doing a fucking game up on that game. It's so fucking good. So much fun. Right. Moving on before I yeah. get sucked in. <laughs> so yeah, so this is it's derived from the immensely popular after school cartoon series called uh The Same Thing, starring Scrooge McDuck and his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Who is your favorite DuckTales character, Jay? Dude, I mean, it's gotta be Launchpad McQuack. I mean, really? he's the dude. Yeah. I don't know what it was something about him. Like he was like the cool dude, even though clearly like <clears throat> Dewey was probably the smart one who saved the day all the time. But Launchpad I, was my dude. It's funny that you say like I. That's what I would have guessed, Jay. And I don't know why. I don't have a <laughs> guess. My favorite. Do you want to guess what mine is? Yours, Huey. Nope, Gizmo Duck. Oh yeah, Gizmo Duck. Yep, yep. It's just, I don't know. He was fun. Uh, he kind of had the same thing <clears throat> that Launchpad had going on. Like he had this. Like his surface purpose was this really high, con- uh, not high concept, but a high aptitude thing, like a pilot. And then Gizmo Duck was this fucking cyborg robot dude. They both like on the surface should have been so competent and so good are such an important part of the operation. But both of them were like fuck ups kind of. <laughs> so, <laughs> they have like a little bit of a narrative link to them. I think that's funny. But uh, dude, I forgot all about Gizmo Duck, man. <laughs> yeah. He had, I want to say he had like a. There was like a special or something with him. There was like a half, like some sort of he had or like a, a movie, like or something. something like, yeah, where, it, he, where, where he was the focal point of it. You know, I, there yeah. was some content. I should I should look that up, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. He was featured in some way where I like got really endeared to him. Okay. Yeah, I remember he was like definitely a unique character at one time for something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I watched the shit out of this cartoon. I love car. I love curmudgeon cartoon character. I love Garfield. You know, I love I love curmudgeon cartoon. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck is great. But the power meter uh, for this game, they have it lined up as, or uh, dialed up, rather, as 4.5 for graphics and sound, 3.5 on play control, 3.5 challenge, and 4 on the, 4 even on the theme slash fun. And uh, actually, I think that's, you know, again, we're not talking about the game, but I think that's actually kind of (laughs) low. Yep, I concur. Yep. But most breakdowns, uh, mostly breakdowns on this, rather, it's the treasures, the characters, the pickups, the attacks, et cetera, et cetera. They do one map of the Amazon before recapping the further stages and conveying that Uncle Scrooge says, don't miss this one, along with an FYI that only only a preview and the gang will be back, rather, that this is only a preview and that the gang will be back for a future issue, as I already mentioned. So they're letting you know that this shit's going to be fucking going to be covered heavily. So that's cool. Yes. Yeah, and they gave you another four banger for rare developed LGN released Who Framed Roger Rabbit next, and this is another Disney licensed property by happenstance, and another one in fact that I am fucking on board with, dude. <laughs> oh, uh, do you did you, is this is this movie that made it into your into your zeitgeist as a kid? Oh yeah, I I definitely watched the movie and I played this game and it, it was another one of those where I didn't get to finish it because of the limits of renting the game, obviously, but I. Definitely remember it. Yep. Definitely remember it. it. It was not easy at first, like to just figure out. But I yeah, the shit it does. It does have it. a little bit of inter- yeah, interesting UI and kind of the way it's set up. We're playing playing the detective, and, and you just kind of have like the sidekick rabbit. Um, is is a little weird, but yeah, it's, yeah. and there's there's a lot going. On. There's some RPG shit going on. You're like going around finding items and kind of solving puzzles, trying to 
piece together the will, et cetera, et cetera. So it, yeah, it had like going on. And yeah, I, I think I only rented it as well and it, it caught my attention, but it was so hard. I never actually got anywhere in it. I don't believe, but yeah, again, that's for a future issue when it actually comes out. The, just as far as the underlying property, it is based on a 1988 Disney Amblin entertainment collaboration. That is one of the first instances I can remember of combining live action and animation into one film. And again, I'm not an expert on this topic, but it's the first one that, that made it into my, you know, radar. And it's a, it's about a live action private eye that helps a famous cartoon rabbit try to clear his name of a murder in 1940s Los Angeles. And yeah, I fucking love the movie either. Either it was either, I want probably jab. I think maybe had a VHS homebrew recording of it that we like wore the fuck out as kids. So we used to nice. watch it all the time. We were little. Yeah. It had to be the first game. It had to be the first movie like that. Cause I, I feel like I remember thinking it was always the most unique thing ever that, Oh my gosh, these people are in the cartoon world. You know, yeah. cause there was space jam, but I felt like that was definitely way later. Like that was, not, yeah, that was definitely later for sure. And, and also space jam is much more kitty. Like, you know, the, Rod, who framed Roger Rabbit? Not, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who framed Roger Rabbit was there. It was there were themes in it. There was you know there was Jessica Rabbit was sexy as fuck. Like there was you know there were things about it that were not that were adult themes for sure, despite the presence of the animation. And I think mm-hmm. uh, it never went too far with it. Like I think it was still a PG thirteen film, and like kids could watch it without it being fucking taboo or anything. But it it was it was definitely like I remember as a kid thinking like there's more going on here than I currently understand for sure. <laughs> you know? yeah. Very intuitive there, Josh. Yeah, yeah. So the power meter on this one is four on graphics and, graphics and sound, three on controls, 3.5 on challenge, four on theme fun. Uh, living in L.A. now, I love the idea of the overhead map shown here, supposedly representing the city of L.A. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what the, that, that's what oh, that yeah, yeah, right yeah. is. Yeah. So the, the, they, they cover all the characters pretty well, too, including the weasels that act as the antagonist goons in the story world. And the thing I remember most about this game is less a gameplay thing and more of a real-world tie-in. And it was that you could find a real-life phone number in the game that you were supposed to call, and there was a recording that would tell you something that would further your progress in the game. And What? Yeah, super fucking cool, and like I don't, I don't even know if it ever happened again. Uh, and you know what's funny now? Or not funny now, but and I don't think it's I don't think it's anything now. Uh, if if my most recent reading about this topic is 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 accurate, uh, my memory of it is accurate. But this, you know, you know, it wasn't. They didn't keep it going for that long. It was around for a few years while the game first came out, and then it, the uh, LJN stopped paying for it or whatever. Whoever, like the phone number that it was, was bought by a sex line. What again? If my memory is correct, so like they because people would just call that number randomly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they turned a sex line, bought it, and 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 you know obviously tried to exploit that fact, which is which oh is, my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah, hilarious marketing idea. It's uh, <laughs> so messed up. Yeah, and again, that honestly, I don't, I did not look that up. That is something I just think is the case. So I may be wrong, and by all means, email us and talk shit if I'm making that up out of nowhere. But that's a pretty pretty crazy thing to just make up. <laughs> Right? Like, where's <laughs> your mind at, dude? Like, yeah, exactly. If, if that is made up, I think it's even cooler because that's where my, that, yeah, that I, I devise that whole story in my head is, is <laughs> right here. But, anyways, so uh, uh, we'll get there when this baby drops but I, I, and, and talk about that more. But it, it's just, it's really fucking cool thing that they did, you know, to give it kind of that real world tie in was, was a really cool idea. Oh, yeah. Innovative. 
Yes, and the last preview is a measly two pages for Acclaim's Wizards and Warriors sequel, Iron Sword. And the power meters on this is all threes, and that's not the best endorsement of the game. No. And, yeah, Jab had the cart for this when we were little, and I thought it was a fine game. I thought I actually thought, it, I mean, it, this is a game that gets shit on. Both the Wizards and Warriors actually get shit on a little bit, but the it is often said the second one is even shittier, despite uh, Fabio's you know, the whole thing with, like, again, like we were talking about things that like just get recycled constantly, uh, talked yeah. about, like the fact that Bobby was on the cover of this is like the thing that everyone, what? yeah, yeah, oh, everyone, yeah. That, yeah, that's the label is, is Fabio. So, uh, you know, that's, I don't think that's the most important thing about this game, but that's what people always want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, it looks unremarkable to me. So I'm like, yeah, yeah moving yeah. on. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a fucking fine game. Like it's, uh, I thought the controls were a little better to some degree. I mean, the controls for both of them again are shaky, but, uh, I also like the, the story thing where you you have to go around and interact with the four elementals, you know, water, wind, earth, and fire. I thought was was a cool thing uh, mm-hmm. that that gave the story a little more depth than the first one had. But it's been some time since I played, so honestly, it may be this nostalgia shit that that's fucking in my head, and the uh, actual <laughs> game <laughs> is not nearly as good as my memory s- suggests that it is. But uh, it's not like a claim is some bastion of NES game development accomplishments, after all. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I could very well be wrong. Anyways, after these messages, we'll be right back. Prepare thyself well, Dragon Warrior. Thy most challenging quest ever awaits. Go with speed, but go with patience. Seek out an arsenal, a dragon scale, a torch, and magic herbs. Use wisdom and cunning to choose thy commands, for the Dragon Lord is a fierce rival. Horrible and treacherous minions all guard the evil one's island castle. Art thou ready, young one? Yes, King Lauren. And so begins a new epic, Dragon Warrior. Nintendo, now you're playing with power. That was a 1989 Dragon Warrior commercial audio track you just heard there in our first attempt at piping in old video game commercials into this into these pods so we're going to try to drizzle those in here and there moving forward into the episodes i like it yeah super fun that's it's funny too that's i had actually found that a while ago and i was thinking like what are we going to do for the first one and i was like oh my god that fucking incredible dragon warrior commercial dude (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah when you hear what it is jay you're gonna be like oh my god (laughs) uh it's it's so like i don't know they take it so seriously (laughs) <laughs> like the commercial is such is so seriously presented and it is it should not have been <laughs> the howard and nestor comic blows the barn doors off of act three of the mag and it starts with nestor on mean street he's literally cowering behind a corner street sign that says mean street on it <laughs> right i'm like seriously dude why are you acting like a little wimp like come on. <laughs> And yes, yeah, so he's standing there doing that, and in this particularly bad-looking neighborhood, of course. And April O'Neil just happens to come walking by, and invites him to come hang out with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> what luck! Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Luck. what fucking luck, Master! You got him. Yeah, Jesus Christ! And they arrive at the turtle lair and proceed to engage in a forced, unconversational, and shameless exchange advertising the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And they try to tack on a hint for each turtle to have 99 scrolls, one of the pickups in the game, heading into level three, which sounds like a brutal and unrealistic pursuit as a means to deal with how difficult that level is. That is actually where I said I never got further than level three. So yeah, if I had 99 scrolls, that'd probably make it easier, the most dominating weapon in the game. But 
accumulating 99 scrolls for each turtle would be a massive pain in the ass probably <laughs> Dude, i was so. wondering the same thing reading this comic i was like wait a minute is that a strategy i need to look up like is that part of the reason why i, I did not complete that game like <laughs> it, well yeah, it is actually the, 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 the later i've never heard it as early as level three i don't think but you are later on the game the, the latter levels like the whole thing is yeah you're supposed to have a bunch of scrolls to take on mm. the technodrome shit you need to have scrolls or you're fucked basically so yeah that's that's like a thing that's part of the tip you know the 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 known tips and tricks for the game but i level three seems earlier to me for that to be happening anyways I, yeah it's, it's funny yeah, just, i don't know, fuck this comic as always but <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> the way they obviously am in some sort of tip is so funny sometimes Anyhow, the classified information comes next with more paid product placement of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kicking it off. And they also go on to touch on Gyrus, Seacross, Rambo, Adventure of Link, Cobra Triangle, Mappy Land, Life Force, Jackal, Super Mario Brothers 2, and Legend of Zelda. And they drop some hot alliteration in here. Reptilian <laughs> <laughs> Rabble Rousers at the top of the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tip, which is, which is fun. And they're talking about trying to cover up for the shit jump mechanics in the game. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, there's yeah. low ceilings. You, know, you have to learn to like tap the button or there's even parts where you just walk across that that real tiny little gap at, at the one point. So um, so hard. I remember that level and just being like, this is stupid. Like I got to like do some short jumpy thing to get across. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they point out that you're on easy street counterintuitive to the met to the to the uh if you want a, a pun there to be co- to counterintuit the the comic mm. <laughs> uh the, but anyways it's, it's easier if you have the advantage as a finely tuned the, like the finely tuned turbo setting that you can do, ah. on, do the proper jump tap automatically and that actually is a nice little tip because uh, fucking that you know trying to yeah, it's it, there's just no way to guarantee. I don't give a shit how good you get at that game. Like the slight button depression necessary to get that little like half hop is not mm-hmm. reliable at all. You know. Yeah. Uh, they also yeah, they also point out the different enemy sets you can encounter when you enter interior areas and how you can just kind of cheese the system by going back outside and coming back in and you get a different enemy set when you come in. So some of the more like I remember you know some of the the, the one enemy set that, that would have those flying fucking pink things that would, would take a couple hits and they would just fly at you and kind of kamikaze into you like right. you, never, you never wanted to have that enemy set <laughs> when you walked into <laughs> here. so you could just go back outside and come back in and, and get a different one that was much easier with like maybe those blue and red things that fly around you know so yeah, I missed in. all the tips and tricks man I missed all of this stuff <laughs> playing that game stop uh, see I mean yeah, part of it like I said Jeff had it Jab had it so we always had access to it and whenever would something would come into our onto our radar that would make it easier we'd fire it up and try it out you know so all the shit was stuff that i i kind of was able to implement and try out for the most part at some point even though we still never got the fucking game <laughs> uh, no excuse josh no excuse <laughs> yeah well it's still possible we can always play the game jay it's not you know that's true it, it is game f eligible we could we could try it if you really want to fucking hate us at all. <laughs> <laughs> the the closing tip in here for Legend of Zelda is pro-level shit. It is the thing about if you leave one enemy alive on overworld screens, instead of fragging everything you see, there will only be one enemy left when you return to the screen at a later time, which is, yes, very pro-tip shit that can make your life mm. way easier than killing everything every time. I never knew that because I never beat this damn game. Oh, I, I yeah, I I beat this one as a kid too, but I I recently did it and I I was trying to take on the I don't know if I was still doing it when we started 
uh, collabing on this bitch, Jay. But I, I have tried to do the second quest uh, in recent since starting the pod, and <laughs> the second quest is so fucking hard, dude. <laughs> it's so hard. Uh, but uh, really yeah, it's it, it's a it's a tough game in general. I can see how that would that have been the case as a kid. Yeah, man. But it's fun. It's it's something. It's definitely a. If it, that's a that's a great and very achievable too. As an adult, the first quest is not that hard, especially if you you know if you're willing to use tip books and shit. Though I recommend trying not to. Uh, but you yeah, know, it's something that's achievable as an adult that I would recommend doing. See, I don't know, man. The funny thing about Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Switch right now, and the fact that I love that freaking game, I'm so motivated to beat that one because I understand it and it's fun. Because I could never beat these earlier ones as a kid. Like, they were fun to play, and then I get to a level I could never beat, and then I'd have to, like, return the game or something, and that was just the end. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's not yet. So. Jab, Jab had both of them, or, yeah, or I would have never beat them as kids. That's not, you're not, you're not renting that game and beating them. That's not fucking happening. No. <laughs> not, not without, like, a strategy guide or next to you and just, and just walking yourself through it. You haven't beat the, you haven't beat the Switch one? No, only because, like, like my life is video games now, you know what I mean? Like it's just I get there's so many games that come at me, or I'm playing with the kids. Like I just haven't got around to finishing it yet. That's yeah, all. You got you got to stick it to that. That, that, that that's a fucking great game. The end is actually yeah. whatever. I'm not gonna spoil anything for you, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, don't you dare. Yeah, yeah well, I was like, I wasn't gonna spoil story, but I was just gonna say something mechanically about the end that was a little whatever. But I'll let you, I'll let you experience yeah. it yourself. The it's a great fucking game though, very good. I, and, it, and there's enough, there's enough like the dumb shit to do in it is enough that I will occasionally just fire it back up and try to accomplish more list stuff. You know, it's, they have enough cool shit going on even after you beat it that it, it, there's replayability. It's a good, very good Zelda game. Yeah, I want to finish it before the second one comes out. Like I, I need to prioritize. Yeah, you, know? you should. Yeah, I don't know when's the you know when that's coming out. I actually don't know anything about that. Uh, I don't know dates. I don't know. No. I just know it's definitely something in the works, so I just I want to hop too. Right, always in the works. More Zelda is always in the works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow, so the games I fired up here were Gyrus, and the game the name of the game is so nondescript to, that to me, anyways, that I'd forgotten we had chatted about it already, and I had already fired it up. So the music. <laughs> I've played this fucking game already, but it's actually a great game. It's a it's a space shooter that has the Tempest like game mechanic where you're kind of spinning around a cylinder. Like your oh, yeah, the track yeah. that you stay on is on this kind of tempest-like cylinder, and I still think it might be a good game. Up, it's a it's a good game. Seacross, same thing. Name means nothing to me, but we've already talked about this too. It's a really shitty Tron-like bison game, bike racing game, rather that is absolutely fucking awful. And the only other thing I heard <laughs> up from here was Jackal, and this is a Konami game, and it meets all Konami-like expectations. Actually, it's a damn good Jeep warfare horizontal scrolling shmup, and it has a great two-player co-op feature to it and, dude this game was fun back in the yeah. day we should get on the the freaking yep. parsec on yep. this jam uh, that's exactly what i was thinking maybe we should take a, a whack at parsec in a game up for the first time with this baby because yeah it's it's a great game and it's very linear so it lends itself to game episode format and uh yeah i think it would just be a blast for sure nice. all functionality benefits aside to it or technical benefits aside to choosing it rather the video shorts are to follow only five pages this time, and I think this is actually where the a big part of the reduced page count was carved out of, because <laughs> video shorts is usually a very long section. And yeah, it was time. huge before. There were like, and they were profiling every game. Yep. So yeah, well, I think that's that's where a lot of that came from. But the games they get into, uh, we'll go through and Data East Arcade Beat 'Em Up Port Bad Dudes hit in July, and the president has been kidnapped by ninjas. Are you bad enough, dude? <laughs> 
to rescue the president. <laughs> the the game is eh, in my opinion. This is one Jab actually had as well. I don't think the game's good, but that is such a great setup for a game. Uh, <laughs> right. Maybe one of the better ever, you know. <laughs> Are you bad uh, enough to save the president? There you yeah. go. I mean, what else? What yep. else are you going to say? Actually, I, I wish I, I should have fucking asked him. Uh, we've actually started talking again. <laughs> but I, I should have I should have asked him what the, the story is. But, like, I, I believe his acquisition of the cart was by less than legit means, like a kid <laughs> at our house or something. So like, I, I don't think it was one he bought, but we had it nonetheless. And I, I, w- I can't remember the exact story. I'll try to, I'll try to remember to do the research on that. But the plot thickens. <laughs> yeah. The, so the next one is from SATA USA, who I've never heard of, bringing us The Adventures of Tom Sawyer in August. So it's not out yet. But, or sorry, it did, it did come out in August. And the power meter averages out to somewhere in the mid twos. And that about nails my expectations. But I <laughs> right. It. Yeah, I fired it up anyways. Uh, holy, you fired oh, it up? Oh, no. no. Holy fucking Moses, this is a bad game, dude. It is so, <laughs> so, so bad. One hit Why? death. Yeah, one hit oh. death, side scrolling action platformer, and it looks awful. It plays awful. The music sucks. It's just ever like, there's just, it's just, uh, it's a quintessential, you know, and it's not even, it's not even like a good licensed property. It's like Tom Sawyer is like, whatever. I mean, I'm sure the books are great. I've never read them, to be honest with you, but uh, it's not the kind of thing you license and try to sell the kids in 1989. It's just not. <laughs> right? Like, no, thank you. Hard yeah. pass. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. And moving on to SNK's Commando knockoff, Guerrilla War, which we've already chatted about. And then... We get Ultra's Defender of the Crown hitting in July, so that is out. I've never played this, and I had a hard time discerning what kind of game it was from the copy and pictures that were in the magazine. But I was guessing maybe a medieval New Eng- or medieval England knight minigame mashup kind of thing, you know? Looking at the pictures, like jousting and shit, maybe. But I fired it up, and it's like... <laughs> not that's not it. It's kind of out there. It's... uh. You have to so you start it up and you you have to pick a character with attributes and strengths and shit, which is kind of like I'm like ooh that's interesting and uh, it's just it just like immediately I could see it's not the kind of game you can just diddle with like it it has to be you need to like sit down read the instruction booklet and figure out what the fuck you're doing because it, it what it actually is is a strategy conquest game that does have many there are many games in it like jousting and like you know medieval type shit but mm-hmm. the mini games are how you uh gain like conquer other fiefs in mm. you know there's like all these different castles and little fiefdoms and stuff and you're trying to it's very it honestly reminded me a lot of Nubunga's ambition i don't know if you ever played that game but Nubunga's ambition is a really good old it's an old school chinese uh what the fuck's that called where you know the old chinese like it, it was you know China was divided up a bunch of different emperors and shit, and they were bad. What's that called? Fucking, I want to. It's not medieval. It's like the the time period is called something. I'm drawing a blank on. But anyways, uh, that's New Bunga's Ambition, and it's very like that. But New Bunga's Ambition is kind of this like tile-based strategy game that doesn't have the mini game aspect of it. So it was kind of like a twist on that. But honestly, the, like the the mini game, like the first one I tried was this castle rating option on the menu, and it dropped me into a really lame side-scrolling sword play. <laughs> that I was like, oh, this is a fucking, no, this is bad. My guess, honestly, my guess was, and, I, and, and like really thinking about it once I started to kind of feel that way about it, my guess was, I think this is a port of something that was originally released on PCs at the time, and uh, on computers, so it's the kind of thing that you should be playing with a fucking mouse and a keyboard, not a fucking NES yeah. controller. So, I think that had a lot to do with the poor play experience, but Anyways, 
Um, it was that it was not... that game looks very very familiar, and it's the type of game that if it looks familiar to me like that, but the name is not at all familiar, I'm like, nope, that's a game I probably picked up and was like, this game sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I don't want to ever play it again. I can't pinpoint <laughs> it, but deep in my subconscious somewhere, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm like, mm, no. Like the guy jousting, I'm like, I remember that and I remember thinking, yeah. fuck that part. Like, yeah. I'm done. Like I said, I, after thinking about it further, the more I thought about it, like, I think it was actually like a very accomplished and well known PC title. And then that's, you know, that's of course how a game like that gets on at NES, even though that's completely inappropriate for it. Uh, right. <laughs> so many people are were aware of it. They're like, eh, even though our, this version sucks, people will still buy it just because of the name, you know. But they pair that on the page with a square release that looks a hell of a lot like an RPG, King's Knight, but isn't out till September. Uh, square makes really good games, typically, but uh, this never made its way onto my radar, which is kind of concerning mm-hmm. for type game googling it says it's actually a fantasy themed top-down shooter and that makes me very curious because you don't see what? yeah you don't see fantasy night you know night medieval fantasy kind of stuff in shooter format very often if you know ever maybe <laughs> so yeah. uh that's very interesting to me there's there's a game jab also had this actually it's called dragon spirit that is a dragon sh- uh horizontal scrolling shmup that is also kind of in that you know medieval fantasy realm that is, is ve- was a very cool game so um you know i'm kind of predisposed to like that kind of story world more than others anyway so I, i'm curious to see what the fuck this is when it hits but these two were presented on, on the same page in a way we haven't seen in the video short section yet uh like kind of, it's like sharing one page and there's a sword dividing the games diagonally and it kind of it, you know as the two themings kind of uh suggest or support the idea is that these are two similar games that if you like one you'll like the other you know and we they have not presented these games in video shorts in this fashion yet and they actually on the next page do the same thing again with light gun games so there's two games kitty corner like that are are across from each other diagonally where the dividing line is in the s sapper you know and that's cool and and just some theming yeah, some theming that they have not done yet in the magazine. We're sitting here reading the magazine, supposed to analyze it, so that jumped out. <laughs> and, I, I noticed the I noticed the zapper, and I was like, "Wait, are these both games that I can use a zapper for?" I was like, "Oh, that yeah. would be cool if that's what we're saying." Yeah, how, it is. How how uh, how uh, what's that called, Jay? How how not intuitive of you, but how how perceptive? How, per- uh, perceptive, yes, <laughs> how, how perceptive of you to ascertain that? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, these two games, these two, I've never heard of either of these Zapper games. And the first one is called To the Earth from, it's actually a Nintendo of America release, and it's due out in November. It appears to be set in space, and I don't recall seeing any space set Zapper games ever in my life. Uh, But, yeah, the World Wide Web does insist it it landed on store shelves later this year, so uh, unfortunately. (laughs) can if we had a crt that you don't want we could play zapper games i need to fucking get one so i can because uh, i badly want to be able to play at the very least duck hunt if not games like this but uh the other I've one i've never considered using a zapper to play right now that's that could yeah. be fun that yeah. could be fun well, you, you can't they don't work on new tvs that's the whole thing oh my god, my god jay you you are you are you're just a baby with this stuff oh my god <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, there's, man. There's, I mean, we, we, we could do a whole podcast on on that. Like, the, so yeah, the old TVs don't. It doesn't work, or the new TVs don't work because they don't. What actually happens when you fire the zapper? Like a duck hunt is the best example. When, when you fire the zapper, the whole screen goes black except for the duck. So, just for a second. 
So that's how the gun works. Like your your gun is actually not shooting a, a a beam of light. Your gun is receiving a beam of light when you pull the trigger. And if it sees black, it's a miss. So the screen flashes black, and if it's if you're not pointing at the duck, it sees black, and that's a miss, and the duck stays alive. So that's how the zapper works. Now the new TVs are so fast that the flash black doesn't register in the zapper. So you can't use a zapper on a new TV because it just functionally doesn't fucking trigger the zapper to work. You know what I mean? So you have to get a wow. fucking CR- yeah, a CRT that's slower and shittier in order to use the zapper. So lesson learned. Eh? School, Jay. <laughs> fucking schooled. <laughs> right? I had no idea. I mean, uh, it's a bummer. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons I want to fucking get a CRT is so I can play fucking zapper games. Um, plus, it would just also, it's, it's just cool. But. Because I'm a fucking retro head. And the other game here is Shooting <laughs> shooting Range, a Bandai ditty that is out as of our newsstand date. And it looks like a Western setting that allows you to play with up to four players. And I like a pass-the-zapper manner, which is also cool. There's definitely yeah. zero other four-player zapper games, to my knowledge. So that's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Yep. So those are coming down the pipe. Um, well, that, whether that one's out. So, you know, we can't play them, but... Maybe they're cool. <laughs> and then they <laughs> move on. Yeah, they move on to some edutainment action with Sesame Street ABC. And that's not due out till September. So we couldn't didn't have to subject ourselves to some edutainment. But I, I kind of remember those games being not that bad. They were not, not pretty well done for, again, just like childish edutainment games. I think like Jab was really into Sesame Street and he was young enough that he still was consuming that shit. So I think we either had one or rented one and had access to one. So I've actually played fucked around with some of those games. Dude, for I real. I played freaking like I, well like when I saw this Sesame Street, I thought it was a different Sesame Street game and I was like, "Oh man, that Sesame Street game, like it was awesome. Like I remember it as a kid, like but I don't think this is that one." Yep. But yeah, I just was, remember it being yep. like amazing. Yep. Especially yeah, for a little kid. Um Yeah. The last thing in here is Hudson's Adventure of Dino Ricky, a vertically scrolling caveman shmup that Jeff, Jeff had. He did not have that many games. It sounds like Jeff had every game ever, but Jeff did not have every game ever. (laughs) (laughs) This happens to be where, I don't know, a lot of his fucking cachet was. I mean, I want to say he had maybe, he had one of those, if you remember them, the black suitcase game cases. Like they were like, they were, it was all black with kind of this vinyl leather shit on the outside and a little gold. Buckle oh yeah, yeah, I remember that for sure. Yeah, they were everywhere. He had one of those that was filled up, and he maybe had a couple more games than that. So I mean, I think those held a dozen. So like, he didn't have every game. You know, he did not have like a fucking obscene number of games. But every one of these games he's had that we're talking about here. <laughs> Anyways, he fucking <laughs> had this, and it was fucking like it's not due out till, till September, so we won't dive in too deep. But it's actually a really good vertically scrolling shooter deal that is, is actually a lot of fun. And and again. A uh, an environment, a a narrative deal like a caveman running around killing fucking dinosaurs and shit that uh, you all often do not see in shmups. You know, dude, fun, so. this was one of my favorite game ever. Me yeah. and my older brother, T, like we loved this game. Like I remember, I was on punishment for doing something as a teenager. I don't remember what it was, and like I wasn't allowed to play video games. And like my older brother came over one day, and he started playing it, and I started playing it too. And my dad didn't even care. It was kind of like, "Yeah, Don Ricky is kind of like an exception." Like, I, I don't know, the <laughs> game was that amazing. We loved it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, dude, good, game. awesome game. I was actually playing it uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, just messing around. No shit. Yeah, I, I almost when I was looking at that last lot of games, it was between Dino Ricky and Solar Jetman were the two I was looking at and thinking about buying. So, yeah, totally. It is not. Yeah, it's on my childhood reclamation list for sure. 
And next up is NES Achievers, the high scores section coming next. And that, uh, as far as the only thing I do with these is look for Ohio people. <laughs> Bionic, <laughs> Bionic Commando has an Ohio boy, Danny O'Boyle of North Olmsted. And Good job, Olm- Danny. Yeah, the North Olmsted is where the Best Buy that I worked at when I was 17 is at the Great Northern. <laughs> and if you want a fun story about that, Jay, do you remember Tim Couch? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the Browns 99 number one overall draft. Football, pick. yeah. Yeah, QB out of Kentucky. I sold him a Nintendo 64 when I worked there with like 20 fucking games. What? Yeah, I was pushing the buttons. I mean, and you know, that was 1999. It was when he first got drafted and he fucking came through my line uh, at Best Buy. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't even have a cell phone yet. You can't even tell. Again, that's another. It's like, I can't share this with anyone. Like, I can't freak out like an idiot. Like, even at 17, <laughs> at 17 right. I knew. I don't know. I, even at 17, I was an elitist prick, and I didn't want to relent on that I was impressed by something. But You knew you had to be New York at, at an early age. Yeah, even though it was fucking not even on the radar or something to do with my life yet. So fucking, <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, just, I just checked him out. And I, I don't even know if I, like, I don't even know if I acknowledge that he was Tim Couch. <laughs> yeah, I just let him go through my line and like, and yeah, and I, you know, I think I was working with all women, and like, I don't think any of them even knew. <laughs> no one else even knew. I was just standing there in line, and like, I got another customer. I just got to move on with my life, even though I just sold Tim Couch and Nintendo Switch. Like, oh shit, <laughs> it's happening, bro. Yeah. You don't understand. Yeah, no, no means nice. to take a selfie with them. The uh, they have a Dayton boy for Xenophobe, Jason Mullins, and then Chris Mamau got the max score on TC Surf Design. Chris is from Versailles, Ohio, and I've never fucking that, heard of that, Jay. Do you know where is that, that is? Are you sure it's not Versailles? Is it French? Oh, it I've, I've seen I've seen it like in just you know reading a newspaper as a kid like who loves sports. I'm always looking to see like what. What school did what in what region? Like I've I've heard of it. I just couldn't tell you where it is. I've, I've never seen it. Somewhere, it's, somewhere north of Columbus. It's it certainly yeah. looks like uh, a fucking a, a French word. Uh, <laughs> it is if it is located in Dark County, which I've also never fucking heard of, <laughs> and that lies just northwest of, or actually not just, but northwest of Dayton, near ah. the yeah near the Indiana border. So it's I don't know I don't know if you're out there in the country. Somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. I wouldn't call that north of Columbus necessarily. Right? All, yes, all yes. the way at the Indiana. It's it's probably slightly Northwest. north of. It's it's north of the latitude by that Columbus might lie on, but I wouldn't call it north of Columbus, Jay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Mr. Technical. Yeah. So <laughs> sure. that is that is on today. the boonies. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely on the boonies on the fucking Indiana border. But that is today's ISOH obscure Ohio geography lesson. And you're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome for your newfound enlightenment, listener. The pack watch <laughs> section starts off with a bang with a release, or rather with release news on the Game Boy. And yeah, yeah, man, that's fucking hot. Super and Mario he, Land, dude. We need to figure out a way to get that on the radar. We can. We can. Uh, we, that's something to talk about. That's actually one of the things I wanted to talk, mention here. Is that what, are we? Gonna, I mean, I, it's it's a bit. It's pretty heavy tangent, and it's also it's also defiant of the log line, which is examining. The formative days of console gaming. Ah, uh, yeah, the Game Boy is not a console, but we're also that? also adults, and we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Maybe that's a bonus episode type idea. But anyways, yeah. they're getting into the kind of explaining what the fuck this thing's going to be. Stereo headphones. Can you, Jay? Actually, can you give me some oohs and some ahs after each one of these? This is oh, big. Yeah, so, okay, so stereo headphones. Oh, <laughs> a video link cable for connecting two Game Boys. Oh shit! Plus a game pack. 
Actually, Whoa, you know what? what is that? Hold on, maybe add a drum roll here if you're able. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> yeah, Tetris, boys and girls, fucking Tetris. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so, yeah. Fun fact, dude, yeah. I was watching one of those gaming historian podcast uh, freaking thing on YouTube. Love that series. They were saying that Super Mario Land was going to be the launch title rather than Tetris. Like, I I don't know why it was switched, but I find that very interesting. Sure. Since Mario would be like always the flagship title, you know sure. what I mean? Well, it's, be, it's because Tetris was fucking a big deal, and, and and actually, I think let's all take a moment and put our fucking barn doors back on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tetris was a big fucking deal then. That's why, man. I mean, te- this is when I mean Tetris was taking the fucking world by storm. At this time. That's I mean, that's why this, that happened. But yeah, they they not. actually show all so so the picture here on the on the little on the one page deal. They they show all five games that I had grouped deep down somehow as the initial five that were part of the U.S. release of the Game Boy. The aforementioned Tetris, Baseball, Tennis, Super Mario Land, and Alleyway. And yeah. so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about that, like, how the fuck do I, like, I just, like, those five games are grouped to me in my mind in some way. They're just grouped together in my mind. And, and I don't know, I don't have, like, I couldn't explain that initially. So I started Googling around and shit, and then, like, dude, it flooded in my fucking memory banks, dude. They're affiliated in my memory because of the poster that came packed in with the Game Boy when it was first released. And ah. that's me further down a Googling hole. We're trying to find that fucking poster. And oh my God, dude, I found it and I hung it on our socials. The link's in the show notes as well. Try not to lose your shit when you see it. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yeah, it's a fucking, it's uh, just, it's, it's great. It has like, I mean, you know, those five games are the games on it uh, indeed. And uh, they also, <laughs> they also have on there that incredibly hot and cumbersome purple carrying case that could be threaded onto your belt and worn on your hip like a fucking six shooter. <laughs> they have that. They have nice. that picture. Yeah, they have that picture down there. They have the battery pack picture down there. So it's yeah, it's just like the initial wave of things that they released for this baby, and uh, such a cool poster. And they, they actually, oddly enough, I they, they had different. I, when I was googling around for it, they had different versions for different countries too that I'd never seen too. So that was that was a fun additional Google tangent. But the nice. the uh, a big thing though, the cart labels. In the magazine here, in this page on the magazine, are different than the actual release art, and I thought that was interesting. They were all, they all had a, a, a similar theming to them, so it was like a, a family of uh, a family of an idea for the labeling of of this initial wave of games, and then all but the games that came out, they all also had it was different, but they did have a similar theme to them. That I, I think that's interesting. That you know they. Uh, I don't know that they wanted they, they, that they they took that time to like kind of make it give it I don't know some connectivity you know as opposed to just random game labels. Um, yeah, they had well, different. See, per, different I mean, they're it seems like they found a nice grouping of games. So you had like a dope variety. Like, all right, I got my side scroller, I got my puzzle game. You know, it just switches it up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The group was. Heck, I had I had Alleyway and I had Super Mario Land. Of course, I did not have tennis or baseball. But mm. Alleyway, Alleyway was fucking great. I mean, it's, like, it's a breakout clone, and it's really fucking good version of the game. And Super Mario Land, of course, actually, Jab and I were just talking the other day, and we, that came up. Actually, I sent him the picture when I found that, and he's like, fucking mm. Super Mario Land might be a dark horse for my favorite Mario game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. definitely it's definitely underrated definitely. for it's how good it is. It's it's a bite sized game too because it's like there's only the four worlds and they only have three stages in each and it's just uh yeah I don't know it breaks it up there's like vehicles there's the submarine level there's the fucking plane level it's it's just a really well done game yeah I love Especially, the second one 
Yep. Uh, I don't think I ever, I didn't really fuck with CD. And that's, that's kind of another example. Like as much as I was into the Game Boy, by the time the second one came out, I'd kind of gotten off the train. Uh, I was heavy into it for a while, but by the second Mario, that's the six coins one, right? Uh, yeah, that, I had that one. That was good. Because yep. yep. that was the one that set up Wario, I think, and kind of introduced yep. him. Exactly, yeah. And I also didn't have any of the Warios, too, but the Wario games were big on the, on the Game Boy. Yeah, that was fun. Yep, yep, yep. So the games teased in, in this section, they give you this kind of like a preview section. The games that they teased for the NES are Double Dragon 2, which we've talked about a lot already, and how good that is, and Bigfoot, the monster truck, not the fictional primate Yahoo see in the woods, and <laughs> the Terminator game, and Ghostbusters 2, and Super Off Road, which is a fucking great game. Both the arcade version and the NES version are fucking uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that. Not, uh, not debatable. Not, yeah, yeah, without, yeah, exactly. That's also one we should play. But that, if, if, if only on the Parsec, if not for a game episode. But Dude, I was also playing that within the last month. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that is one that has long been on my list of shit to randomly play. Uh, yeah, that's a great game to just fire up and fuck around with for sure. And they also, the, the last two are the, that really awful LJN X-Men game. And then Tetris, of course, like I said, it's huge. And they do that. And that's that you, if you want to get a feel for like how, remember how we talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, how it was such a big deal. They could put on the cover with just the abbreviation and you know what the fuck we're talking about. Like yep. they kind of allude to that with this little Tetris blurb, blurb in the corner too, where they're saying like, you know, they're kind of dancing around the fact that it's Tetris, but they're like, you fucking know what Tetris is, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, Tetris is a big fucking deal. And they also have a page of peripherals, most of which I'd never seen, and you know are probably shit because they're third parties, but third party deals. But they had, they do have the NES satellite in here, and that is the infrared four player simultaneous thing that was very legit. Ted had that, and the prick actually didn't send it when he mailed me all the Nintendo supplies a while back. And you know what the fuck, Uncle Ted? <laughs> <laughs> I want my fucking NES. He actually he had both of them. He had the four score and the NES satellite, which is very redundant, I think, but. He was into this shit back then, so whatever. He had dough. He was an adult. Do whatever he wants with it. <laughs> I never and, had that. Man. Never had that. Oh, dude. For the, some of those. I mean, NES play action football is a four. player. Actually, fuck, dude. Super Off Road's a four player game. That is one of the the big kind of marketing t- titles that they use to market the four player feature, uh, or those four player peripherals rather. Nice. Um, so yeah, can you imagine jamming fucking four kids into a room and playing that game at once? Oh my god, that had to just be unreal. Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, I also, my cousins would always come, always come over and play, and we'd be like, all right, how, how can we have everybody play together at the same time? Like, what do we need to do to make that happen? You know, go out and spend probably 80 bucks on the NES satellite. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> Get on your paper out, kid. I thought, yeah, I also thought it worth noting out of this section that this Nexoft monstrosity in the bottom right corner, <laughs> which they've, they have deemed it the not the dominator master control in very aggressive fashion. It's huge and black and you can plug any peripheral, any peripheral into it and it will act as an infrared relay to the console console. So if you, I don't know, don't want to buy an infrared thing that allows you to get it, uh, uh, four things, four controllers to your NES. You can get one that probably costs the same amount and only get does one. <laughs> so, <laughs> poor idea maybe oh, in general. Man. But it also adds turbo and slow-mo functionality, which makes the NES Advantage they've plugged into it for the press drop photo here an odd choice. <laughs> the Advantage already has that shit natively, so the entire, I don't know, benefit of this thing over the already featured proprietary Nintendo product is also n- negated in the way they're presenting it. So... Yeah, just priced across 
across the board for a bad idea over at Nexoft, which is why I've never heard of it, I imagine. Uh, did you have any of these? Did you have any? Yeah, actually, we never talked about that. Do you have any of the third-party controllers when you were a kid? Nah, man, I didn't have anything like that. I, I had, like, weird stuff, like the freaking, oh, what was that thing called? It was this thing that made, like, you stuck your NES into it, and it was like a board. It made it flat. And you, so you essentially played with your fingertips instead of your thumbs. It was so weird. Like, I'd never had any the of The controllers, you mean? Yeah, man, it was so weird. Uh, but it yeah, wasn't were, like a specific controller, though. There, there were a few. Like, the, there, I remember the one. There was one. I, I think I might have already talked about it. And one of these features had it, but they were just like a thing that you wrapped around your controller. It was just like a little plastic case that supposedly put a joystick on it. They had some really yeah cheap knockoff things that you could fucking get that supposedly changed your gameplay experience. Yeah, just weird stuff like that. <laughs> None of the cool stuff. <laughs> yep. Uh, the next thing is the that well <laughs> to celebrate the one year anniversary of Nintendo, they are doing a special feature on One Ups next. <laughs> so <laughs> it has, as one might guess, uh, location and tactic tips to mine One Ups from a bunch of games. So they have Super Mario Brothers Two, Bionic Commando, Adventure of Link, Gyrus, Solomon's Key, Gradius, Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden, Super Mario Brothers One, Mega Man One, Super Pitfall, Xevious, and Xanax. Yeah, and it's lame to me that the Super Mario Brother One bit here doesn't have the unlimited live, unlimited lives Koopa stairwell stomp trick. Maybe that's been already touched on like heavily in the year before. I, I'm, that's I'm the sure, only thing I can think of. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it has been featured, but if you're gonna do this fucking like that's like the I don't know, maybe the most fun, most most fun. And uh, I don't know, widely known, (laughs) widely known, important one-up thing on Nintendo to date, in my opinion. uh, At in 1989, the idea of omitting it from your one-year anniversary one-up special to me is criminal. (laughs) (laughs) Who's in charge up there? Uh, not Howard. That's the problem. Maybe the <laughs> yeah. NES Journal is also in a festive mood. The first page given a history lesson about the Nintendo Company to celebrate their 100 year anniversary. So, what do you know about Nintendo history, Jay? Very little, apparently. Like 100 year history. That's yeah. Like, like kind of blew my mind. Like, what are we talking <laughs> about? Right. Yeah. So 1889 is the year. Uh, I'll destroy the pronunciation. Actually, Jay, you've proven better at Japanese names. Uh, try, me, <laughs> try me on for this one. Fusajiro Yamaguchi. <laughs> Wait, so it, it, uh, <laughs> uh, it's it, this 1889 is the year he began manufacturing a traditional Japanese playing card called Hanafuda. They would become the first to manufacture plastic playing cards in 1953 and then move into electronic toys in 1970. So there's, there's a little history lesson on the Nintendo company for you. They then dedicate a page to breaking down Nintendo's impending bursting onto the U.S. television landscape with the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. And it's an animated series. Yeah. (laughs) It's an animated series that will air Monday through Friday, with Monday through Thursday being a Mario cartoon, and Friday featuring a Legend of Zelda installment. Uh, Yeah. I mean, and I assume if you listen to this podcast, you know because you love this show as well. Right, (laughs) right, right. I mean, come on. This was my jam. Like, yeah, I, I was looking forward to Fridays all the time. Like, come yeah. on, let me get the Link show. You know? no, I was I was also much bigger into the Zelda uh, Zelda versions, and, and Fridays were great for that very reason. But <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it was on right for school too. I feel like I had to dash off the bus to get yeah. to that shit. Any of it, but 
They talk a little bit about the characters in here, and I think it's interesting that Wart is mentioned in the Mario canon. They basically never acknowledge Mario 2 shit as being part of the other universe otherwise uh, until fairly recently, I think. So I thought it was interesting oh, that man. they bothered with him. And I mean, I, I'm sure part of the idea with the show was marketing that new game, but it's still, you know, they don't, they don't do that a lot. So of note, and I looked into the intro for the show because it was in my head and my memory was like, that's significant. I think that's interesting. So I looked at it, so I looked it up and it's pretty off the fucking charts. Hey, Paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. With the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. So hang on to your seat. Get ready for adventure and remarkable feats. You'll meet the Koopas and Troopers, the Princess and the others. Hanging with the plumbers, you'll be hooked on the brothers to the The link will be in the show notes if you want the visuals to match that auditory madness that you just heard. But I posted this on our social shit, and one of our Facebook frequenters, Ryan McMaster, mentioned that this show is available on Netflix right now. So you can watch, oh. watch the shit on Netflix right now. But, and this is going to bum you out, as it bummed me out, Jay, the Zelda episodes are not included. What? Just the, just the Mario versions, which... Why? There's a million legal reasons for it that I can think of as a, as a person who produces content. You probably they probably <sighs> they would have had to pay residuals on all the link people too. You know what I mean? Uh, they, there's okay. who, yeah, there's there's a bunch of regions, a reasons. It's a whole new group of people probably that they would have to pay to reuse that that material. Is, is my is my logic? And uh, all the more actually, uh, Netflix pays in kind of flat licensing. Uh, fees as opposed to use you know the, the amount of usage of a piece of content which is kind of different than a lot of residual structures i think so using more shit for the same original investment does not necessarily give you more money back with netflix gotcha. if that makes any sense you know what i mean so yeah I can see it if I had produced the shit but it is still a bummer just from a consumption standpoint now as a consumer trying to relive that shit Still probably, cool though. Still gonna yeah. check it out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fucking episode somewhere without you know if you don't want to fucking get them legit from Netflix. <clears throat> and the celebrity profile hits next, and it is on actor Michael Dorn of Star Trek: The Next Generation fame. He played Lieutenant C.J. Worf on the show, which is the most notable Klingon. And I fucking hate Star Trek and barely ever watch the show. But I still know that Worf is the name of the top dog Klingon on that show. <laughs> so, so this dude, he was he was doing some some important work back then for me to know that. You know, he was he, he definitely did a good job making a character permeate into the common zeitgeist for me to have any clue. Because dude, I have just Star Trek. You cannot bore me more. <laughs> yeah, I was not into that. My mom loved it. My aunt, they loved it. The only reason I ever watched any Star Trek is because. They were watching it, and I had nothing else to do but sit there and watch it as well. Yeah. But not my jam. That's that's how I consumed a lot of Golden Girls. 
I ain't watch the shit out of Golden Girls. I used to just sit there and like. Sucks. My dad would do that with fishing shows, dude. Oh. The amount of fishing shows and like country <laughs> cooking shows that I've watched, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. My dad watched my, on the dad front. Mash was the thing that he, old westerns and mash were just oh, oh the westerns God. too. Yes, yeah. oh. I my head through a wall trying to watch. <laughs> oh my God, I fucking hated mash as a kid. I haven't even tried it as a doll. Maybe I'm sure it is great. It won a bunch of it won like every award possible. So yeah. I'm sure it's fucking good. But fuck that show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, here, the uh, Michael's favorite game, he says, is Duck Hunt. And, all right, bro, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, sure. Yeah. He's 67 now, looking him up present day. And other than doing a shit ton of Star Trek stuff in the 90s and the early 2000s, he does a ton of voice work now, which checks out because he has that really mm. ass deep voice, you know. Nice. Yeah, the other probably most notable recent credit, I would say, is he was in Ted 2. I'm sure that, that was fun. Oh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, Teddy Bear, crass Teddy Bear movies. <laughs> yeah. Those are good. Yeah. I mean, I would, that's some freaking great work. Go, I mean, good for him if that's what he's doing. Fucking hell, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, voice work is, whew, as an actor, mm, pays great. Fucking super. Yeah. yeah. That's Dude, I know a girl who, like, I did promos with and shit back in New York who is in LA and she always had this, like, very cartoony voice and she's, like, doing all kind of voice overwork. I'm always following her. She's like, that is so interesting. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my a friend of mine, Kathy Searle, she was in Bad Apples, that uh, one of the first things. Oh, I yeah, produced. yeah. Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> done a, she was in that next big thing, this, this game pilot I produced a few years ago. Uh, so I've with her a few times and she's, I mean, she's done a ton of great work on, on camera as well. But, yeah, she does a shit ton of voice work and, I mean, pretty much supports her acting habit with that you know so nice. yeah, it's, it's great great work if you can get it yep. <laughs> the next thing is coverage of a live event called goal goal mania which is another one of these live events they put on at shopping malls where kids play games and competition in in a public uh arena and the game is of course that they're playing for this event is goal goal 13 these are cool i wish i'd have known of something like this happening near me as a kid you know the, I mean, not that they would be near fucking Oberlin, Ohio, but, <laughs> you know, uh, the idea of having access to something like this as a kid would have been is incredible to me. Like, I just can't imagine, like, you know, Dude. balling out. Yeah, balling out in public, getting your name in Nintendo Power must have seemed just like fucking the most amazing thing ever as a little kid, you know? Dude, I have a memory of this, and it's going to be like, uh, I was going to talk about it whenever we played DuckTales, but like, pretty much. In addition to, like, I, I think we talked about it before, I played in the Blockbuster Video Game Championship. If not, we'll talk about it another you time. You did not talk but, about it. Holy but fuck, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Dude, I was the store champion for my Blockbuster, and I went to the regional <laughs> championships. Hell yeah, man. NBA Jam, Clay Fighters, man, that was my stuff. I, I, I was a shit back then. Anyway, um, so, hell yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> Blockbuster, 1993, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So there was this other there was this other competition that I played in, and I don't remember how I got involved with it or who was putting it on, but I just knew that like I had to practice Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the DuckTales video game, and then like one other one. And I just remember on the a, a day Disney, that it happened, Disney themed competition, huh? Yeah, man, it it was it was all those awesome games because you know they were freaking great. But then it came. I was hoping it was going to be DuckTales, but it ended up being Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And like, so I competed, oh, you know, so they, I did, they told you and, it could be any one of these games. So you had to practice yeah, all of them. Oh, that's yeah, it was like any one of these three games. So I just played the shit out of them, but I really hoped it was going to be DuckTales and it was Chippendale. I was like, okay, you know, and it's, I just remember doing okay, but not well enough to move on. And I was like, well, that was super fun. 
but so, I don't remember I, like I was so bummed out too though. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I was. I was totally bummed out because then I was like, "Damn it, I've done better before." I was like, "Ah, oh well, it was fun." But if anybody listening knows what the hell competition that was, or like who put that on back in the day, you know, like late. I mean, obviously, very early '90s, late '80s. Let me know. I would love to know because <laughs> I cannot remember. That's funny, dude. Dude, you just put it on. There, there, there is a there's a subreddit. This is a, this is a, a super interesting thing to try to use this for. There's a subreddit called Tip of My Joystick on Reddit that is people who who, who played a game when they were kids, usually as kids, and they can't remember. Like all they remember is like these trace details about it, and they post as much as they're able to remember, and then the community tries to figure out what the game is. And that oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's a super interesting tip of my joystick thing that I would recommend. Try try putting it on there, and you'll probably have some fucking, you know, the internet's a crazy place, dude. Someone will be like, oh, my fucking God, I won that shit. And they'll, like, send you this. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, send you, they'll send you a picture of their trophy for it. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Like, it sounds like something like this, this Go-Go Mania, like something that just, like, was yep. put on one day. You yeah, know? I did a bunch of these. My thing like that, I think, I think it might have been before you jumped on, but I, my Pinewood Derby. My Boy Scout Pinewood Derby story as a little kid is, is, is the closest thing I have to this where like I, you know, I thought like I got to the, the final round and I got if you ever heard this before. No, I don't think so. Oh my god, dude! I'll try to give it as bridge as I can, but I've already told about the pod. But fuck it, yeah. So I was, I mean, you know, you weren't Boy Scouts, right? No, I was not. No. Oh man, that's crazy. No Boy Scouts. I feel like that's fucking would have been all in your wheelhouse for sure, but. Anyway, so I, yeah, I was in Boy Scouts. They had they did the, every year they did your entire like all the dens in the area like you know your your individual group the maybe ten kids with the one leader would be called a den and then the whole fucking group of all the dens would get together a few times a year for certain things. One of them was the Pinewood Derby. And the Pinewood Derby was this racing event where you built your own uh, little you, they had these little kits you would buy. It was just a little block of wood and these little wheels that you put on the side and you would, with your dad or whoever else, would fucking build a car from scratch to compete against other kids' built-from-scratch cars. And nice. <laughs> you would basically put them on this wooden track that they had that was kind of like a hill. And so we would do, in the, the place I had, or we would do these things, The we had it's three tracks on one thing, and you would race, and like the third track was fucked up on this thing. And like it... If you got the third track, you were losing. You knew it as a kid. So, <laughs> oh, so like, damn. so yeah, I got all the way to the finals, and they put me on the Wait. third track for the final. No. Race. Oh, dude, I, I, I flipped out. Like, I, I mean, like, yeah, I don't remember it perfectly, but I know I caused a fucking scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, I flipped out, and like, I just started bawling because I knew I was gonna lose, <laughs> and I fuck it, and I did. I lost, and like, you know, it was like just. I just remember being so like feeling so wronged <laughs> oh, you were wronged yeah okay, that's, maybe that's where that's, that, that could very well be where it all started for me <laughs> why didn't you whole, fix the third track dude? yeah my, my, my whole my whole world outlook could very well have been styled by that that, that initial <laughs> right but life is unfair josh yes life is that's unfair. how it's gonna be get used to it kid <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's super nice stuff. My parents, your parents, are much better than mine. I never would have been taken to fucking uh, a video game competition. I never would have been able to convince my fucking parents. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, probably, they probably were going on at fucking Illyria Mall at the Midway Mall near uh, near where I grew up, and I fucking probably I probably asked to go, and they were like, "Fuck off." <laughs> I'm, I'm probably sure I would have had to beg, but yeah, that's <laughs> shout out to mom and dad. Thank you for somehow taking me to this stuff. <laughs> 
So they also uh, cover a uh, Nintendo's dedicating some manpower and resources to implement, implementing TDD service, which is the telecommunication devices for the deaf into their consumer service telephone lines. So they take some time to tell you about that that here. And there's actually there's been a few times there was I remember there was a big uh, uh, kind of thing in one of those early Nintendo Fun Club newses about a video game controller that they had designed for paraplegics. You know, so like there's there's some cool accessibility shit for various handicaps that Nintendo has demonstrated an interest in, in, in making happen, which is cool. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah, they early time. Yeah. yeah, this this is actually if you don't know what a TD, it's like it's it kind of basically it was type to text before type to text was necessary in life. So it's basically taking a phone line communication and then writing it out on a screen for a deaf person and the deaf person could type in what they wanted to say back to the person and the computer would say it on the phone to the person. So it allowed a person to use the phone if they were deaf. And oh nice they're, uh, you know, they're like customer support lines and shit implemented a system to serve it. And they actually, when they found out about it, they actually just tasked one of their engineers to just like design their own system. They didn't buy it from somewhere else and start using it. They had someone like in-house design the shit for them. And, you know, it's just cool. That's pretty Simple dope. That. Nice. Simple as that. Cool. You don't think of video games as being a priority for people who you think have enough on their plate as is like a handicap, like being deaf or something, but everyone needs entertainment and these games are incredible escapes. And it's cool that Nintendo was making the effort to make them accessible to as many people as possible. You know? Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Kudos. Yeah. The coming up next issues, uh, teasers are for the second super Mario brothers tip book. The second half, the first one in this issue is only the first half of the game. And then more dragon warrior. Then Ooh, Fe- more dragon warrior. Yeah, more dragon warrior. And then Fester's quest, Roger rabbit and DuckTales. So two of those games we talked about and taped up about are coming up next. And the letter is (laughs) the letter from Howie thing is celebrating the one year anniversary and touting that Nintendo power is the fastest growing U.S. subscription mag. Way to fucking go, Howie. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah, yeah, drop the players poll in very last here, uh, which is a little of a change up. That's usually earlier in the issue. And they this time are giving away some pretty hot shit. They are doing five grand prize winners get a trip to Nintendo headquarters in Seattle. And yes, right in your neck of the woods, Jay. Whoa. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and then they're also giving away ten fucking Game Boys to second placers. Can you imagine winning a Game Boy? Oh my god! Oh, I would have, my head would have exploded. That's well, shit, yeah, that's my shit. Even though I got it rather rather early in the lineage of it, um, that first Christmas, still. Oh, lucky you! Cool. And then, of course, that goddamn Nintendo Power jersey, that shirt that Howie is always modeling is the third place <laughs> winners third place kid. And that is Nintendo Power Issue 7. That was the Legacy of the Wizard overworld theme uh interesting track man i, I was that you know i love looking through all these tracks and like that was just something different i n- definitely never heard that as a kid it's very very epic that's a very epic. <laughs> perfect lead into our epic discussion about what games we're going to play next Ooh. do you who do you want to you want to you want to go, go first i feel like i feel like i go first the last time go okay all right so <laughs> my nominations are strider jackal and gyrus Ooh. so yes yeah, so strider i mean I already mentioned discs discs 
mainframe computers. Fucking here we go. <laughs> let's, let's fucking go. You know, uh, and it also yep. it, just, it seemed like a very fucking good game. So uh, I mean, I, I feel like I've already talked enough or pitched that enough where I don't even need to bother to go into it here. Jackal, like we talked about, would be an opportunity to parsec up, and we have to kind of devise a way to do that. The I think maybe Jackal. the logical thing to do would be if we did do that would be to play, you know, do our one player experiences first and get our notes together because you know we play two players we won't you know we won't stop and take notes and shit so we <laughs> fucking do our do our one player playthroughs and then jump on and do like a two player version that we then just you know chat about after the fact maybe even try to beat that fucker together you know okay so that would be i think how we approach that and that's like i said we already said both i think that it's a fucking fun game and i don't think we need to sell it as far as the actual play goes and then gyrus again i just got not the biggest on shooters, space shooters in particular, but that one looks really good and also has a good story building element to it that I think would give us enough to talk about uh, on top of the good gameplay to warrant a game episode as well. So those are my three, and let's hear what you got, and then we'll we'll try to meet in the middle somewhere. Interesting selection, sir. I was going to go with Dragon Warrior. I, obviously, you've played it far more than I originally expected. <laughs> um, and then bad dudes just because hey it looked cool and i before we found what jackal looked like and really understood that like i was thinking we could parsec this because i was like oh two player like whatever it is yeah, yeah. the music is cool Check and it honestly out. that that, that <laughs> it, it is a, it is an infinitely better game as any beat em up like that would be for two players to play together because you you know it's just it's just more fun. It doesn't even oh yeah fun. absolutely that's, <laughs> that, that's why those games are fun you know that's the whole yeah uh, and then uh, my third would be Faxanadu or Fazanadu. <laughs> I say it. Just because of the epic artwork and everything. Yeah, so. dude, Jay, you got you have fucking lofty hopes and dreams for this game episode, huh? You got, <laughs> well, you, have, I, you, have a, you have a shit ton of free time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly did not realize how deep like Dragon Warriors was until yeah. you started talking about this stuff. And I'm like, well shit like yeah. i don't have that much hey, time hey, i'll fucking play dragon warrior in a fucking heartbeat you do not need to talk me into it but uh jab and i learned with fantasy star it's it's we you know i i'm not opposed to it we would have to there's no way especially you never i mean i, I could i could beat the fucking game in the afternoon probably uh save for that i mean if i could just grind enough to get the level up stuff you know i know the game front to back like the fucking better than maybe any other game period so but there are puzzle elements and shit and especially if you're not going to strategy guide your way through it it's going to take you a while <laughs> so <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy to do it in like a broken up man you know we could we could divide it up over two or if you know depending on how it plays out maybe even three if it has to be uh game episodes in a row you know is the only way to do a game like that i think it's it's a completely inconceivable thing to try to do it in two weeks i promise you <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Uh, I completely uh, believe you. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to it, and like I, and I, I love RPGs, and I hate the idea of excluding those just because they're, you know, functionally prohibitive. So, uh, you know, if uh, and you've never played it, like, dude, you never played it. Like, I cannot stress enough how much you need to. So, uh, you might have, you might have to talk me out of it now that you talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand what you mean. It's like it's more like if I had more free time and I wasn't thinking that I could be working late and things like that, it, you know, I would love to dive in something like that. But even going through it, I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe that might be a little much. I don't know. But, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, thinking Jacko. I was, when you said Jacko and after we were talking about it, I'm like, okay, I, I could, I could definitely get down on some Jacko. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are you thinking? 
Yeah, I mean, bad. If we're, if, if, if the whole benefit of bad dudes is the two player thing, I think Jackal is a better version of a two player experience and, and more fun. And, uh, if that's going to be our angle, I think I think Jackal is a, is a far superior game, and and I don't know it. I mean, again, I think Jad Jab had it. <laughs> Funny enough, no, check that. No, he had, no, he had Heavy Barrel. I'm lying. Heavy Barrel is, okay. is, is, is a similar game, but not quite. So yeah, we didn't have Jackal, but uh, I've certainly played it. And I know, I, I, but not enough to know. Like I don't know the game by heart by any length. So it would be a new experience to me, and I'm fucking I'm big on that over over bad dudes for that reason too, because we had bad dudes and I played enough to know that it's not fun. <laughs> uh, or at least <laughs> yeah. not as fun anyways. And I do know it uh better. So it would be a semi new experience to do Jackal. Um Strider, I know Strider Strider, yeah, Strider I, I, Strider sounded yeah. good too though. Strider Strider I like your me. list. <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't know, man. The I just flip a fucking coin for Strider and Jackal, or, or do you really think the two-player the two-player thing is we we, I, we don't do that enough. Maybe Strider's not going anywhere. We'll see Strider again. There'll be tips and tricks where we can talk ourselves into Strider later. I think too. I think Jackal has a a less likely chance of resurfacing time and time again to give us the opportunity down the line. So maybe Jackal is the one uh, just for the timing of it. You know. Yeah, let's do it. Jackal, right. it is. Jackal, it is. It, let let it be let it be written in stone. We will be playing Jackal <laughs> next, and then following Jackal, we will be reading the next issue. Will be Game Pro issue two. So we're jumping back to the Game Pro side, and again, if you're just jumping into this and not listening to them uh, every single word, uh, and 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 knowing exactly our little timeline here, Sega's kind of out of the out of the loop till December uh, with their their little newsletter deal. So we're going to Game Pro and skipping Sega basically. So. That's the next issue, and then you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you do listen to, and enjoy our nonsense on. And the website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us at isohpodcast at gmail.com if you know what Jay's uh, childhood video game competition was or anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow... Know. Yeah, and you can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page and the subreddit and talk shit uh, to us about our gameplay videos on YouTube if you'd like. And links to all those will be in the show notes. As always, Jay, what are your socials? Uh, you can catch me, Gentleman JB, without the second E, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the stuff. Uh, you've got it rhyming now. That's hot, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, did, I didn't know it. <laughs> Unexpected. A pleasant surprise. The my Twitter is at Josh Folan and my Instagram is at my shift key is broke. Okay, bye. Bye bye.